Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening around this beautiful planet of ours. It's Midday Matters time. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Matters promise. Simple as that. one 736 736 is the open line number. You call that number. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on right now for the next two hours. one 300 736 the open line number. Midday Matters for work. Locker Karen Downs and Packingham Workwear for wherever you work. And Dwayne's Ward for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. It's Captain's Day, so we'll cross down to Captain's Day very shortly. We'll bring you, oh, there's a little bit of a press conference. We'll have a chat to two or three or four or maybe five of the captains. Uh, they're all willing to have a quick chat, so that's great. But there's a number of journos that are in the lineup, so uh, we're just one of the shows and one of the journos that are in the lineup to have a chat to all the captains. So looking forward to doing that over the next couple of hours as well. But your calls are the priority, one three hundred seven three six. 736 or send through your texts on the 40 Winks Temper text 0433 98 11 16. The all new Temper Pro T E M P U R Temper. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Uh, Tony in Bayswater, I know you're on the line. We'll get to you very shortly. Just been talking to Jared Waitley about the Sam Powell Pepper hit. And we do expect the AFL probably around three o'clock, maybe just before we go off air or just after we go off air today to give us. The outcome, as I mentioned with Jared, your thoughts on this? Because the bizarre part to me, whose responsibility is it to call it out? I mean, we hear the players want their heads protected. We hear the AFL wants to protect the head. But here we are, a player gets bumped high, and the AFL's per- first port of call, the umpires, didn't report him, didn't do anything as if they saw anything untoward. And the Crows players didn't seem as if they saw anything untoward. I think Sam Pepper will get three. But um, the interesting part to me is whose responsibility is it to call it out? If the players themselves aren't calling it out, then where are we at with this? And I know the commentary team for that game, it was, you know, it's a fun kind of broadcast. And I wouldn't really expect a Tom Jonas to dob in an old teammate and be too hard on Sam Powell Pepper. But uh, Tom Jonas said there was nothing in it as well in the commentary. Even as commentators, we've probably all got a responsibility to call these things out. Here's Tom Jonas in the commentary of that match about four or five minutes after the incident occurred. The umpires didn't stop play, so play continued while the head-injured player was being carted off. Here's Tom Jonas in the commentary. Looks like Keane will come from the ground here. Hopefully he's just winded and probably a bit woozy as well. Yeah, it didn't look like a lot in it, just Sam Pepper attacking the ball. Didn't look like there was a lot in it. So your call's on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Whose job to call it out before we um, take a few of your texts and head down to Captain's Day? Uh, Kaz and Essendon, we might start with you. Kaz, welcome. Yeah, hey, Dwayne. How are you today? Good, thanks. Good. Look, I'm an impartial watcher. Um, I'm back from Melbourne, and after what's happened to Gus, um, what what I watched, I re-watched it a couple of times. I didn't watch the match, but I just had a look at it. It was so unnecessary for even him to do that when he had... He was being tackled by the other port player. Yeah, he's come in. He what? The ball was nowhere near. I don't know what he was watching, but then I had a look at the umpires, and the guy was standing back, and he just looked at it. The guy's lying on the ground, obviously concussed, and he just stood there. There was no free kick. There was no protection of the player, or going up to Pal Pepper and saying, "Hey, mate, that's reportable." I was really, I was just really frustrated and. 
are worried about the player on the ground and also the umpire didn't seem to react. And I know it was a simulation match, but that's what we're trying to do. And then the commentary by, was it Jonas? I'm yeah, look. It was yeah. really disgusting. I, I just, and look, the players are aware of what to do and not to do. And that was just really unnecessary. He went barreling into that player when he'd already been tackled. So I, I, he should get three weeks and let it all know out there. I'm not sure why the players didn't react, but I, I don't know if they're sort of worried about having dissent or anything like that, which is another thing. Mm. But, yeah, I was yeah the umpire, I'm, I'm not sure if he was a new umpire, but nothing was worried about the player lying on the ground. Yeah, it was bizarre. There was a big wrestle late in the game. In the last quarter, I watched the whole game, obviously, so I saw it all in context. It got out of hand a couple of times with players getting a bit grumpy. Um, and a few players got grumpy before the power pepper hit as well. But there was a wrestle late in the game, which went for about a minute. So maybe the players will be fine for that as well. It, was, it, it wasn't nasty, but there was a few tempers flaring. And you're right about not stopping play, Kaz. And Tom Jonas, ex-Port Adelaide captain, again, wouldn't expect him to be dobbing Sam Power Pepper in or making too much of it. And maybe, like all of us commentators, you just don't see things sometimes until it gets replayed in front of you for you to have a good second look. But it probably should have been called out at least. Oh, that looked high. Um, that didn't look good or something along those lines without having to go, oh, he's got to get three for that. So your thoughts on that. Kaz, uh, I appreciate your thoughts. Hold the line. We're going to send you for some golf if you're a golfer or you know someone who plays golf. You've got 18 holes of golf for you and a friend with a cart. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Um, thanks, Kaz. Tony in Bayswater, are you there, Tony? Hello, Dwayne. How are we? Good. Just uh, just quickly on San Pal Pepper, I, I think maybe four weeks would be would be right. Um, but the reason why I'm calling, Jared was talking about the biggest slider this year, and everyone's saying St Kilda, but I honestly think Melbourne's in a in for a world of hurt with uh, Angus Brayshaw leaving the game. You've got the Joel Smith uh, allegations, and uh, you've got Clayton Oliver with a with an issue, a health issue hanging over his head as well. I think Melbourne will be the biggest slider in 2024. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you could be right. Just depends on if they lose Max Gorn. Were in, they're in trouble, and they don't really have, have a backup ruck to the quality of Grundy, obviously. So, and most clubs have got a good second ruck. So, I wouldn't want to be in Melbourne situation if they lose Max Gorn. Their forward line still doesn't mix um, well with their midfield. It's just the chemistry's not there still. How good's Van Royen going to be this year is another big question. Everyone's asking: Is he going to be the next big thing? And if they don't have Clayton Oliver, or they do have a Clayton Oliver, it's going to make a big difference as well. Um, so that's another issue that Melbourne's got to face. If Clayton Oliver's there from round two and everything's sweet, then you know they might be fine. But if you're missing Brayshaw and Oliver, then all of a sudden it's a hell of a lot different world that Melbourne's going to be living in. So you could be right on that, Tony. I don't think there could be a couple of other sliders, but I think Melbourne is one of those right now that everybody is watching. And that's why I'm so intrigued about this weekend's round of practice matches. They play Carlton on Wednesday. I'm going to be there at Icon Park for that. I'm looking forward to seeing whether Melbourne's midfield and forward line can gel finally, because it didn't last year. They said all summer we're going to get it right, and last week they didn't get it right. Um, So they better get it right this week, because we're all going to head into round one if they don't get it right, thinking, well, Melbourne's promised us they'd get it right and couldn't. Hey, Tony, great to have you call. Uh, Baz in Coburg before we take a break. Here, there, Baz? 
Yeah, good afternoon, Dwayne. Um, yeah, just regarding Sam Pell Pepper, a lot of people don't realise the speed of the game in which you know they play, and I think I don't think he intentionally went to hit him. No, I think it was just instinct, instinct like trying to avoid, and he didn't expect his player to be swinging him. And I think he's probably trying to kind of divert off the off his line and and got him. But I know, I know it's unfortunate, but I reckon in two weeks probably will be the right. Uh, suspension, you know, to give him. I don't think any more than that. Yeah, they might um, talk about the fact that Willa Rioli slung Keane into him. That is an out of sorts. Uh, whether it, it won't be an out to get off completely, but it might be an out of a week. So you might be right on that, Baz. And it was a quick sling of him into Power Pepper, but it didn't look like Power Pepper had any other interest in tackling or doing much more other than sort of going in almost shoulder first to the way I saw it. So they might not cut him as much slack as you might think. But, yeah, well, time will tell. We'll find out at 3 o'clock today. Mark, Elliot, John, we'll get to you all after the break. Need to take a quick break. Back to your calls. More Midday Madness coming, and we'll head down to the captains. A few of them are going to have a chat to us in about 15 to 20 minutes' time. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's Ward for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Straight back to your calls. Max Gorn, not far away from joining us to the Captain's Day, but Elliot in Cheltenham's on the line wants to talk. Luke Parker, who's the latest injury um, to be announced news-wise from the Sydney Swans. Welcome to you, Elliot. Hi, thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for taking the call. Um, just want to get your opinion on the importance of Taylor Adams with obviously Parks going down and then Mills with that off-season incident out for some time kind of lost that big body and experience in the midfield. Yeah, the good part about recruiting is making sure you've got the depth because teams are going to lose players and if you've got the depth to cover, then it's going to be massive for you, Elliot. So it's 100%. It doesn't take you know 22 players to win a premiership. It takes 32 pretty much. And that's the beauty of Sydney's recruitment, I think, over the summer. They've gone and got a, a wingman to cover um, and they've, uh, they've gone and got a ruckman to cover and they've gone and got a midfielder to cover. So they've done pretty well, really. Yeah, and then we've got young guys like Angus Sheldrick as well. Yes. Hopefully step up into the role as well. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on all of that. Spot on, Elliot. Great to have you call in beautiful downtown Cheltenham, uh, my old neck of the woods. John and Mark, I know you're on the line, but Jack Steele's been good enough to join us from the Saints uh, at Captain's Day, and it's only a practice match, I know. I'll preface it with that, but uh, the Saints looked okay. Welcome to you, Jack. Great to have you on. G'day, Dwayne. How you going? I'm good. So uh, how much should I read into your form on the weekend? Uh, because we like to get excited about St Kilda playing quick footy, exciting footy, and you look like you've got it going on. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're pumped with how we, um, you know, played the other day against Essendon down at RSCA Park. But, um, you know, reading to, to it how much you really want to, uh, it's a pracky game. Um, you know, that, uh, we, we, we know that their side probably wasn't fully... Um, you know, stacked. There wasn't full strength, and neither was ours. So we were just happy to go out there, play for four quarters consistently, um, kick a few goals in in front of a few people at our home ground. So what are you trying to get out of this week again against North Melbourne? You don't want to get injured, but you do want to go flat out. So it's a it's a it's a catch twenty two, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But again, we just want to put into I suppose practice what we've been working on over the summer, and um, you know, we've spoken a lot about how. It can get a bit boring, and um, it's a bit awkward sort of playing against each other. It's like dancing with your sister, as they say. It's just like you want to 
you know, crack in against other teams and, and really be challenged and challenge yourself. So um, that's what we're going to try to do uh, again um, this coming Sunday against North um, and then obviously look forward into round one. What's your forward line going to look like uh, come, you know, round 10? Because you've got a few guys you can run through there. We know that if you've got King firing and Owens firing and Filippo firing, you've got some really good players on your list. But you also got some older players and some newer players who are about to fit in. Yeah, on, to be honest with you, I still don't really know what the um, the team's going to look like as the year goes on. We we do seem to have a lot of depth, especially in our forward line. And you know, Cooper Char- Sharman is he's one that can really play tall down forward as well that you didn't, didn't even mention. But he's just been training um, the house down and perform well the other night. So it's it's always a good thing to to have options and because um, you know this time of the year and throughout the course of the season, there's always going to be um, things that happen and injuries that that occur that you can't really stop but you need to be ready for. So to have that depth is, is, is great and gives us confidence going forward. And now that some ball carry speed, Liam Henry, you look like you wanted to move it quicker on the weekend. Now it's easy to take a bit too much out of practice matches but you don't recruit a guy like Liam Henry unless you're anticipating playing that kind of game. Yeah, spot on. The game's, the game's getting quick and it's as quick as it's ever been. So to have some runners and a bit of speed, um, like you said, with, with uh, Liam and um, even someone like Darcy Wilson, a first-year player who I thought played really well the other night, he can he can run all day. So um, to have a bit of speed and run um, is is going to be good and, and crucial for, I suppose, winning games of footy this season. So, yeah, just looking forward to, to seeing how we can start. And the positivity about the place, um, how is it at the moment coming off last year? You seem to advance last year, and I know you've recruited well, but is it natural growth amongst a number of your younger players where you're going to actually go to that next level? Yeah, like I think that's where we're going to make the strides in, in the growth and development of those younger players that I suppose are now our, our core. So, yeah, like you said, we're pretty pretty pleased with how we finished last year. Um, obviously, making finals was, was great, but, um, yeah, we need to do that again and, and, and some. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can really, you know, take some strides forward in, um, yeah, what, what we were able to do last year. It was special, but, yeah, we can't really settle for, for just that. And will you line up, you're in the middle, round one, opening bounce? That's the plan. Yep. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully so. So, yeah, it should be good down, um, down, down the highway against the, the Cats at uh, GMHBA. So, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Yeah, hopefully fans will get down there because uh, I'm, I'm told the Cats are going to let about ten thousand Saints fans in. Yeah, geez, I'm surprised. Usually when we play down there, it's <laughs> fairly hostile, and yeah, you don't see too many colours aside from you know the the, the navy and white. So, um, it'd be nice to have a bit of support down there. But yeah, it should be fun. And one last one. I might as well ask all the captains this today. We're getting a few on. Uh, if there was one rule in the game you could change, uh, which one would you change? Geez, that's a hard one. Um, I don't know. I'll have to have a good think about that, to be honest. But, um, oh, there's, there's, there's just too many. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you change a few. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I could, I would. <laughs> uh, you're flying yeah. at the moment. You don't need to change anything. Uh, you're killing it. And uh, it's great to have a chat. I'll let you get back to the pack looking for a word. Beauty. Thanks, Dwayne. Appreciate it. Great to have you on as well. Jack Steele joining us. Jai Simpkin not far away. Uh, John in Port Augusta wants to talk Sam Power Pepper Mark and the Limestone Coast also. So we've got to get to you as is the Midday Madness. Promise you call, you get on. Uh, Mark, welcome to you. Thanks for holding. Hold for my captain. What's that? So you hold for your captain. He sounds pretty I'll always confident. always go on hold for Jack Steele, mate. <laughs> always, always. Uh, Tom, Tom Jonas, um, I'm not going to crucify him. 
Um, a lot of people want to crucify him for his commentary. He's a first-year commentator. It was a practice game. I mean, he's going to get better. I'm, I'm sure you made a, f- a few mistakes still in, do. in your first call. Yeah, still do. You know, so I'm not going. I'm not going to drag him over the hot coals over that. And uh, I wish I had got a word in about the Saints before you spoke to uh, Steely. I wanted to ask him how Jack Hayes is going. Is he ever going to play? Well, I don't know if I want to go too negative with some of the captains today, Mark. Uh, is he ever going to play? Yeah, maybe I should have just asked him, who's your backup for Ron Marshall come round 10? Because you're going to need a backup for him at some stage, aren't you? He's a gun, but you can't uh, throw him to the wolves every minute of every game. Yeah, oh, it's just his injury. He got injured two years ago. Is, yeah. he, is he ever going to come good? Hopefully he will. Hey, um, I know you're on hold for Jack Steele. I hope you don't mind um, me saying farewell so I can have a chat to Jai Simpkin, who's been good enough to join me as well. Captain of North Melbourne. Welcome to you, Jai. Great to have you on. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me, mate. It's nice to have you on. Just been talking to Jack Steele about how good St Kilda looked in their trial game on the weekend. Uh, And again, I'll preface it with it's only a practice game, but (laughs) you guys look good. Yeah, no, it was very exciting. Um, Obviously, Collingwood had a lot of their older sort of guys out um, and a bit of a young team, very similar to us. But it was good to get out there, play against some real opposition and um, get some reward for all their hard work in the summer. So you did take something out of it? I mean, they did have a lot of guys out, but it's still Collingwood. It's still their home ground and you're still a developing team. It needs confirmation sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll take a lot of confidence out. Um, I know they had a lot out, but if you look at our back line, we had a lot out as well. Um, I think the most experienced player back there was... Um, Zachy Fisher, who hadn't really played our system yet, and the next one might have been Harry Sheasley, who's played 23 games. Um, so, no, we'll take a lot of confidence out of it, and um, it'll be a good little uh, test this week against Saints going into round one. And the handball chain style that you're going to play from defence, you know, get that wave run going, get it in the hands of a really good kicker at the end of it, it seems like it's something that it worked fairly well against Collingwood, even though it was only a practice game. Yeah, it did. Um, I think they overdid it a little bit at times, the boys, but, you know, that first excitement of being out there for the first game um, and they just wanted to run and gun and show what they can do. So, you know, when you get the ball in the hands of Harry Sheasel, Colby McKercher, Zachy Fisher, these boys are nine times out of ten going to hit a target. So that's what we want. So he plays round one, doesn't he, Colby McKercher? is straight in on a half-back flank or a back pocket. Where is he? It'd be pretty hard to put him out of the team unless something severely goes wrong um, so I think he'd be lining up somewhere on that halfback flank for us yeah definitely and how are you going uh, are you playing this week yep going alright um, played on played last week I'll play this week against the Saints um, still working out a bit of a midfield forward rotation at the moment um, which is exciting you know we've got these young guys like Georgie Wardlaw running around in the middle who puts his head over it um, and hunts the contest like no other guy I've seen at his age um, LDU running through there um, Charlie Lazaro's had a really good preseason um, and getting some reward now on the field, which is awesome to see. So, um, really looking forward to getting out there this weekend again. And the situation we're in last year, you finished the season well. You, you had Nick Larkey firing. You wanted to win that game, even though it was going to cost you number one pick. Do you think that actually helps you over the summer and parlay that form? Because it's not just last week's form; it's actually last week and last year's last game mm. form. Yeah, definitely, and we spoke about that um, ending last season on how we wanted to finish on a high and take that momentum and that hunger going into the off-season and then again into the pre-season. So um, no doubt at all that last year's hunger um, throughout the last three or four months has only continued and grown. And one last Tarrant Thomas question. I know it's probably been a taxing time for you having to answer these kind of questions, but how is he and how will the players uh, support him? 
Yeah, it's, a, it's obviously a really sad situation for everyone involved, um, the football club, Taran, the wider community. Um, but, you know, the club's still got some really good support networks around him. Um, we wish him nothing but the best. And um, hopefully he can, yeah, as I said, get a few of these things fixed and hopefully we can see him back out in the footy field one day. Jai, great to have you. I really appreciate your time and uh, can't wait to see you against the Saints this week. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for having me. Jai Simpkin having a chat. John in Portagasta on Sam Powell Pepper before we take a break. For news, welcome to you, John. Thanks for holding. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Uh, yeah, just on the Powell Pepper one. Uh, yeah, you hit somebody high, you knock them out. I'm fought, you know, I'm a fort man, so I wouldn't speak up for him, but... Yeah, he does deserve at least a couple, but because um, the head is sacrosanct, so I'm not a one-eyed supporter. I'd like to think not anyway. But um, I was a keen Pies man in the 80s, as you all know, so I've got, I do not have anything against Collingwood at all. So I, I like, uh, I've never hated them, never disliked them. But how, how does Maynard get off on the Angus Bradshaw one last year? To me, that's a bloody joke. Thanks, Wayne. John, appreciate your call, and uh, we've got uh, half an hour into the show, and yep, you've got to mention again, Braden Baynard, uh, Angus Brayshaw, hopefully his welfare is something that's got to be on our minds quite a bit this year, and I think we're going to try and, well, someone from this station is going to try and have a chat to him over the com- coming weeks as well to try and give us an update as to how he's feeling, and Max Gorn, hopefully, after the news to join me as well. A couple of texts on the way to the news, uh, exactly right, Dwayne, Power Pepper went in shoulder first in a contest that he didn't need to be part of, Kylie. Thanks for your text, Kylie. One here from Kelly. Dwayne, I think the major point is that it was match simulation. I don't think anyone players were expecting heavy tackles and bumps. More just a run through, set players and blowing out cobwebs. Um, sorry, Sam, love the way you play, but you got the whole meaning of that game wrong. Well, I think they do want to go fairly hard, Kelly. And there was a little bit of push and shove late in that game that gave us indication that they were taking it fairly seriously. Um, Dwayne, the commentators were Port Adelaide people what do you want them to say? Just like you, Kane and Rucci, you will all play it down. Costa, uh, appreciate your text, Costa, but if you haven't listened to the show, that's fine. I think he will get three, and I think he deserves to get three. We'll take a break. Hopefully Max Gorn next. In fact, Patrick Cripps is on the line. Let's not take a break. The news is Patrick Cripps. He's been good enough to join me. Patrick, great to have you on the show. G'day, Dwayne. I just gave you a pump up, mate, as the uh, got asked the favourite SEN person, so I thought I'd uh, pump you up. <laughs> Do you know anyone else that works here? <laughs> nah, you're the first one to cut them on, mate, that's why. <laughs> Great to have you on. Maybe that's that, uh, that shandy that we had... Uh Oh, about a year ago now in the September club that uh, you remember. You're a great guy, Patrick. You're a man of the people, I've got to say. Whenever you're around, it seems like people want to have a chat to you and you've got that smile on your face. Um, it is nice to have you on the radio, I've got to say, and it is nice to have someone at the helm of Carlton in this era that is, is a kind of face of a club that we tend to love these days. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's um, oh, it's always good to get around people in a social environment. Um, you know, life's meant to be about having good fun and being around good people. So, um, yeah, mate, it's uh, it's a great honour, obviously, being Captain of Carlton, and it's um, yeah, it's an exciting year for us. So we're ready to, to rip into it and see how we go. It is exciting. You're a different club now, in some ways, to the club that you arrived at. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's been a, a long sort of grind. Uh, this is my eleventh year now, but I feel like we're in a in a place now where uh, we feel like we've got a really clear sort of brand and identity and um, you know, that's from the, the top down and um, I don't know, we, we feel like we know we're a bit about and uh, we've had a group that's been together now for a, for a bit of a extended period of time so uh, we're all great mates and um, you know, we're, we're all striving for that, that common goal so um, yeah, it feels, feels like we're in a good spot and yeah, we're just excited now just to see the uh, see our work sort of pay off and, and see, um, you know, once the season starts how we, we shape up against other, other teams. And when we 
have clubs that are unstable and people are coming and going, coaches under pressure, we do hear from players that it doesn't affect us, but we presume it does. It seems like a stable club is a better one to be playing at. Yeah, it's just, I suppose, more consistency. And, um, you know, I felt like the last, like, even this year, coming into a, our pre-season, it felt like it just flowed on from the, the previous year. Like, you don't have to learn a new game plan. Uh, there's, we have the same coaches, the same staff, so you're not meeting too many new people and you just get, get down to business and probably allows you to level up and add layers to your game plan a bit more. So um, you look at the best clubs over the last 10 years, they've had stability and um, they can, can build on uh, what's already there. And Harry Mackay, last week, he, he looked like he knew what he wanted to do in every spot. He didn't hit every uh, target, he didn't kick every goal that he looked like he was lining up for, but he seems like he's done some work over summer to make sure that when he gets the ball, he's not in a confused state of mind. Yeah, I thought he was great last week. I think you've, um, if you watched him uh, kick his goals in his routine, uh, he looks so confident. Um, you, I think it's the best I've seen him uh, look and most confident I've seen him look. Didn't help last week, it was uh, blowing a gale, so... Um, no, nah, he's he's looking powerful. He's um, yeah, you can tell he's done a lot of work uh, on his routine and, and like you said, picking his spots. But um, you can tell he looks really confident with the ball in hand, which is uh, what we're all excited about. And who'll play where, or will they both swap a bit? Centre half forward, full forward, Charlie and and Harry. Oh, the way the modern game is, mate, it's sort of that fluid sort of roles. There's not really one that stays at home because um, you know goes to one side of the ground, one goes high, one goes mm. deep. So we're just lucky we've got two guys that you know take a, a lot of effort to stop. So um, yeah, you'd rather have both them in your side than none of them. Melbourne Wednesday, so you've got a bit of a hit out. They're a good test for you. You looked okay against the Cats, but it was 38 degrees. Yeah, this one will be, uh, I reckon, a bit more of a fine-tune. This is when when you start getting real close to round zero. So I'm guessing they would have their close to their best side out, and I reckon we will. Um, so it's sort of you make sure you're, you're ready to go, and then before we know it, we'll be, uh, we'll be playing Brisbane. But, um, yeah, we always we always have some good battles against the Ds. I think our last three three or four games have been under a goal. So um, I love the way they play. We play a similar brand of footy, so uh, it'll be a good contest. Do you like the idea of opening round, being on the on the big stage for virtually the first two rounds at least? Yeah, I love it. I love playing in front of big crowds. Um, I love the buzz of playing AFL footy. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to head up to the Gabba and, and take on the Lions. I think they're, they're a serious side. And, um, yeah, the way it ended last year, it'd be good to see how, how big our growth has been over the uh, over the summer. Patrick, great to have you on. Uh, give us a call sometime if you're tuning in. If, if I get something wrong, you know the number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six Midday Maddich. You can give us a call. Thanks, Dwayne. I'll, uh, I'll take you up on that, maybe. I'll give you a a t-shirt if you do Um, or we'll send you out to some golf Uh, great to have you Patrick Cripps captain of the Blues need to take a break for some news and then it is back to your calls on 1300 736 736 an occasional listener wouldn't expect him to call but he could put on another name just waiting on some more friends from Captain's Day to come and have a chat to us nice work A-Rod I think we're going to have uh, Darcy Moore in uh, the not-too-distant future. Collingwood fans, so stick around for that. A couple of texts before Darcy joins us. Can't believe you were calling for three games for a football accident. The other Port player slung the Crows player and Power Pepper was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But this was Franklin or Cochin. Nothing to see here. John Ralph also clarifying on Twitter, X. Uh, the AFL has clarified its stance on preseason games again. Now saying a play in Power Pepper situation is suspended. Would have to serve the whole ban in the season proper but the AFL has discretion to allow him to play in practice games. So Power Pepper still looking at missing three weeks or more, according to Ralphie on X. Uh, one here as well. Umpires reports not worth their while. Usually get thrown out these days, so they leave it to the powers 
to deal with it. Paul and Karen, that's true. But if there is a spot fire on the ground, the umpires running in to sort it out, I think can at least diffuse a bad situation by laying a report. If players believe a player uh, from the opposition definitely deserved a report, it was a really bad incident that deserved a report, and the umpire doesn't report, then the players, I think, feel like they've got to take things into their own hands a bit more, as opposed to the umpire says, no, I've reported him, I've sorted it, he's, he's on report. And then I think the fire is put out a little. Dwayne, was Albert Novo over, always that big, particularly in length? Surely that's worthy of hosting a game and gather round. Dom, yeah, they had 5,000 in and they can fit, well, once upon a time, they'd get 20, 22 in there every week for a Sanford home and away game. So it has been reduced in terms of capacity, but its size has been increased. Darcy Moore, Collingwood captain, has been good enough to join me. Darcy, great to have you back on the program. Thanks for your time. It's great to be here, Dwayne. Thank you so much for breaking up me doing um, the same photo 200 times in a row. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Uh, how's that temper bed looking after you as well, by the way? That uh, beautiful temper T-E-M-P-U-R bed going? <laughs> Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. It's got the, uh, the hammer and tack prime for another season. Just thought I'd get the plug in as well whilst I've got you. Um, <laughs> it is great to have you. How are you feeling, Darcy? Is there a, is there a weight, of, weight of the world off your shoulders given the flag or is there a bigger weight of the world on your shoulders now because you've got to have to do it again? It's <laughs> a good question. I'm, I'm still trying to work out the answer, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a pretty extraordinary feeling to achieve your childhood dream and share it with uh, such a talented and a team with such toughness and will to win. It's pretty cool to to share it with them. But, um, yeah, as like everything in footy, there's always a new season. So we've got a new challenge. It feels totally different. Our team's going to look different again. So, um, yeah, I suppose both things are true, really, where there's definitely pressure this year to uh, to have a good season and to be ready to go for the opening round up in Sydney. But, um, yeah, not trying to diminish what we achieved last year and how much joy it brought to the, uh, the Collingwood fans. You're brilliant at being able to flick things on and flick them off. Uh, Darcy, time to get serious, time to have some fun. If you were to teach a young player how to do that, how, how have you been able to do it? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's um, it's definitely something that we talk about a lot as a team. You know, we want the coach always goes on the record saying footy should be fun, and it sounds like a, a silly thing to say, but um, if you don't remind people of that in a pretty intense high-performance industry, then it's pretty easy to forget that it should be fun. So, um, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. I think it's just a lot about the environment and a lot about um, your mentality and, yeah, how much, uh, how much pressure you put on yourself. Are you the same in the rooms with the players and in private as you are in public with them, which is, you know, with a great demeanour and a, and a calmness? Yeah, I, I try and be pretty, uh, yeah, just pretty genuine um, in public and in private. So, yeah, and everyone's sort of different and my process and attitude has definitely shifted and evolved and will keep doing it um, over my career. And, um, yeah, I think, as a, yeah, the coach always loves to, to get the team laughing in the meeting before the game. I think it helps everyone to relax and to put them in a good state of mind to perform. So, um, yeah, but our style... Again, we'll shift and change as our personnel personnel changes. Can you give me your forward six? I'm trying to work it out. Uh, still oh, trying to work so out. Who's right. <laughs> I just got asked in a presser, and I have no idea because they're all so good. All I do is talk about how good they all are. Um, Ash Johnson is training unbelievably, and he looks really ready to to step up and be um, that uh, that replacement for Dan McStay. He's been um, had such a good summer and. I've had the task of trying to play on him all summer and I can confirm that he's, uh, he's improved again. 
Um, so he's uh, he's been great. Bob, Bobby Hill's really improved again after his amazing performance in the grand final, and Jamie Elliott's just doing what he does best. And um, you know, Reef McGuinness and Lockie Schultz again are some fresh faces for us that I think are going to have an impact in the forward line. So. Yeah, if Mason Cox isn't marking it, then it's uh, going to come to ground and there's going to be some pretty special players at ground level, I think. So it's it's going to be uh, it's exciting times for our forward line. And you haven't even mentioned Nathan Kruger, who looked okay last week. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he, had, a great, he had a great run last week. So he's been um, crashing packs and, uh, and attacking the contest really hard. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of competition up there, which I think is a great thing and really healthy for our team. Who's not playing tomorrow night? Uh, you've, you probably know the team already, given it is tomorrow night. I actually missed the meeting this morning right. because I was here with all the, uh, the captains taking 700 photos. So <laughs> I don't have the final squad for you. Um, so, yeah, you'll have to uh, yeah, fast fly. Well, I suppose, I, let me reframe it. Most of the guys who missed last week, I presume, are going to play this week, uh, including yourself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was obviously a group of us that, that didn't play last week. It was a bit of a, yeah, funny pre-season schedule, really, because of our first game being brought forward. So, yeah, for a lot of us, this will be our sort of final hit-out um, chance to do some match simulation before the first game. So, um, yeah, it's exciting, and uh, we're looking forward to getting back out there. And you're a worldly guy. Uh, where does the Taylor Swift experience, I saw you at the stadium, uh, where does that fit in your overall life experience spectrum? Yeah, it's definitely up there, definitely up there. I think it's... Um, yeah, it's as close as uh, as close as you I'll get to experiencing, I suppose, the crowd at a, at a Beatles concert back in the '60s. It was um, pretty amazing to see tens of thousands of people just screaming and crying and losing their minds. So that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, to see um, the uh, cultural phenomenon all around it, even walking into the MCG, and um, yeah, just seemed to take over Melbourne. So it was uh, it was a really cool experience and. I go to a lot of gigs, and uh, yeah, it was definitely a unique one, that's for sure. You know that's how Collingwood fans feel when they're watching you, don't you? In that same seat you were sitting in. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but yeah, let's go with that. Don't worry, it's true, even with more passion, maybe. Great to have you, Darcy. Good luck this season. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Thanks, Dwayne. Good on you. Darcy Moore, Collingwood captain, and uh, he is a temper ambassador, T-E-M-P-U-R. Temper mattresses and pillows like no other. You can check him out at your local 40 Winks. Need to take a break. Great to have your company on Dwayne's World. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been a big hour of Midday Madness. Haven't taken as many calls as I would like to, but it has been fantastic to have so many captains have a chat to us on Captain's Day. And we are still, with our fingers crossed, that Max Gorn will join us just after 1 o'clock. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number if you'd like to join me. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 the open line. Brought to us by Werribee Kia. And you can check out the EV6, the EV9 and the Nero Electric vehicles at Werribee Kia, I've had a play with the EV6 and I had a play with the EV9 and they are amazing cars to drive. The EV9 is uh, a big luxury SUV that feels like you're driving in your lounge room, sits on the highway brilliantly and it's got more leg room in the back than I've ever seen in a car before. So uh, it's a ripper. Check out the EV9 and the EV6 and the Nero at Werribee Kia. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you'd like to join me, another big hour of midday madness to come, or an hour and nine minutes of it. A couple of texts, uh, Dwayne. Uh, Power pepper three weeks all day. Another one here. Um, high pipe. Those recently retired players that 
commentated on match sim games. Are they commentating on Fox Footy this year? Uh, also, do you know who's new in the Fox Footy team and SEN in the commentary box? So the love in Mozza at Fox is on Wednesday, this Wednesday, when we all come in from all parts of Australia and sit down and we find out what shows, who's doing what, who's doing where. So looking forward to Wednesday and on Thursday, I'll be able to tell you a little bit more. So stay tuned for that. Pipe, does protecting the players start and end with concussion? Why a mouth guard's not compulsory? Wingard bit his tongue last year. We had other players chewing gum while playing. And it's a terrible example for juniors. Sol in Caulfield. You have to have some opportunity for players to be able to wear what's comfortable for them to play. You probably couldn't make mouth guards compulsory. Helmets compulsory is an interesting one. I'm not sure you'd be able to do it without doing essentially what they did in golf and say, okay, well, in three years' time, we're going to ban the long putter. So you could say that with footballers. Okay, in 2030, it's going to be compulsory to wear a head guard or compulsory to wear a mouth guard. But again, the brain rattles in the skull regardless of whether you're wearing a soft helmet, a hard helmet, or no helmet. Ben in Thornbury, welcome to you, Ben. Hi, Dwayne. How are you going? Good. Uh, can I talk about the, the Tassie team in the stadium? Um, just um, It seems to be like there's not a lot of info in, in the Melbourne or Vic media about whether the stadium will go ahead or not. I'm just wondering what your thoughts on it are. Well, it will go ahead, and if it doesn't go ahead, they won't get a team. So that's really the coverage here. Yeah, I think most people in Melbourne are kind of – that's the argument now. Okay, well, whoever's in government in Tassie, you make your call. Um, if you want a team, you build a stadium with a roof. If you don't want a team, don't build a stadium with a roof. We'll all move on. Yeah, okay, because I'm wondering if there's someone from, like, SEN Tassie that you could get on on, uh, on your show to, to give their perspective on the, the, the election and whether they think it will um, get up or not. Well, it doesn't matter whether who gets in. It's what decision they make once they get in. And we did have someone on this show last week. I think uh, Jared Whateley had someone on this show on his show last week as well, giving us the ins and outs of what might and might not happen. But it's so much speculation at the moment and so much built into um, politics and the garbage that gets thrown up around who wants to get in and sort of cast aspersions at others. And it's hard to ascertain the actual truth as to what they will do when they get in. So uh, the bottom line is, you want a team, you build a stadium with a roof. If you want to be the one that rips up the contract, then be that person. That's what you're going to have to carry for for eternity if you do be that person. We'll take a break. You're with Dwayne's World. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Straight back to your calls and your texts for Midday Matters. Still plenty to come on the agenda in our two of Midday Matters. Thanks to Barclays Smokehouse. Beat the lunch lockout with Grandmother Ham from Barclays Smokehouse. Find it at your local deli. Paul, Sam, Greg will get to you all first. If you're a jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is that open line number. Paul in Sydney, thanks for holding. Welcome to you. Yeah, good day, Dwayne. How are you? Good. Yeah, mate. I just want to touch on Melbourne's pre-season. It's a different year this year. Twenty-one, twenty-two. We've, we've had the hype build up after our premiership in twenty-one. Melbourne's going to do this. They're going to go back to back. I'm enjoying that a lot of a lot of experts have. Uh, Decided that we're going to slide this year, but I expect um, big improvements in the likes of Sparrow, Rivers, Bowie, and a couple of new recruits. 
and I'll be having a couple of dollars on Melbourne to uh, get the job done up here next week against the Swans. And uh, if Clary plays on Wednesday, which I hope he does, I, I do think he's a big chance to play in the opening round up in Sydney, Dwayne. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, look, it could even be sub in the opening round, depending on what their plans are. If they want to reduce game capacity from Clary and they think, oh, well, his body, if he gets through Wednesday night, they play Carlton for those people unaware in Melbourne on Wednesday night, this Wednesday night. If he gets through, they might think, well, he's probably okay with 80% of game time. So if you play him as a as a sub, he could actually end up with you know, 60%, 50% of game time. He might end up with a much, as much as 80 But even if you get an injury in the first five minutes, you don't have to bring him on then. So you can actually hold him back and bring him on a quarter time if you're the sub. So, no, it's going to be an interesting watch, Paul. And I hope you're right. I hope it's the most competitive season we've seen in a long time, which is saying something given how competitive we saw last year's season. But I am expecting the bottom team on the ladder this year to maybe win twice as many games as last year. So if we can have the West Coast and North Melbourne, I think North Melbourne more so, given what I saw last weekend. But North Melbourne won three games last year. West Coast won three games this last year. Hawthorne won seven. So if you can have the Wooden Spoon team winning six games, then it's a hell of a lot different world we're living in when it comes to the evenness of the competition. Hey, great, Davey Cool. Paul, we've got a Dwayne's Wood T-shirt coming up to Sydney for you for holding across the news. Thanks a lot for your time. Sam and Keelor Downs. Hello, Sam. Oh, good afternoon, Dwayne. Uh, look, I'd like to talk about uh, the article in regards to concussion, mainly in regards to Peter Jess. Peter Jess uh, claimed it and I'll quote, it's unbelievable insulting to every player who has taken the field, Jeff said. Well, the AFL's defence to me is quite valid. It's not unbelievable. Uh, if you're playing a contact sport like AFL football, there's got to be some degree of expectation that you'll get injured or get hit in the head. A uh, player could fly... I'll give you a, a classic example... Jeremy Howe, he flew for a mark, landed awkwardly and had a very severe broken arm. You can't uh, avoid some of the things in a contact sport. And for just to say it's unbelievable is quite a legitimate defence. Like if he argued on uh, duty of care, foreseeable harm, has the AFL done everything possible to ensure that players are safe as best as they can be that would be a different story. But to say it's unbelievable is complete uh, arid nonsense in my view, Dwayne. Like, um, it's a quite a legitimate defence from the AFL. Well, that's what they'll argue now, Sam. And uh, Jesse's been in this game a long time. In fact, I know, I've known Jesse for years. Uh, Peter, was he looked after me for a little while when I was first coming over to play for Collingwood. So I have known Peter for a long time. Uh, concussion is something that even I've called him about to find out, uh, to, for him to tell me what he knows about it. Because as a journalist, as an ex-footballer, you want to find out as much about this as possible. So, you know, I've spoken to him about the the tests that he's done, the information that he's got from players, all that kind of stuff. It'll remain in-house with me because, you know, those were private conversations. But Jesse's always prepared to pick up the phone and talk to people about what is such a passionate issue from his point of view. So, yeah, we'll let this play out, Sam. You know, we can cast aspersions on this guy says that and it's not right and that guy says this and it's not right. Um, everyone's individual case is individual as well. So one player's case will be different to another player's case. It's not just every player that is is pushing the AFL to get a resolution 
to this isn't in exactly the same boat. So, you know, that's, that's, the AFL is going to ha- have a lot of assessing to do and Jesse's going to have a lot of talking to do. And I'm looking forward to that playing out, Sam. So, yeah, let's let it roll and appreciate your call on it. Greg in Hillsville, welcome to you, Greg. G'day, Joanna. How are you doing, mate? Good. What do you got for us? Hey, sorry to keep calling you, but I'm going to keep pestering you until you uh, tell me not to. <laughs> mate, I, I, I cruised through my 20s thinking life was pretty cruisy. Got to my 30s, yeah, it got a little bit harder. My 40s, things got a little bit crazy. But these days, I've got no bloody idea, mate, because Tassie have been screaming out for a, a team for a fair go for, for 30 years, I'd reckon. And in Tassie, they've successfully launched a number of other teams, like the BBL with the Hurricanes, and they've got the Jack Jumpers and the basketball. Now, they've finally been given a, a lifeline in the footy, and all they hit, they just seem to be hitting hurdle after hurdle, like speed bump after speed bump. What is going on in their heads, mate? Because I thought the whole state would be chomping at the bit to have a crack at this. What do you reckon? Politics and money, Greg. That's what it is. Um, the, the cost of it and the politics that goes on behind it. And that's the hard part right now. I think we're all trying to... I mean, I'm a football person. I'm not here to talk about politics. But as a football person, I think it's a good idea having a team in Tassie. As a person who has been to many stadia around the world, um, I think it's a good idea to have one down there with a roof. So, you know, but I don't live there. So I don't vote there. Um, If that's where we end up going and Tassie either kick the can down the road, which... They've accused the AFL of doing over and over again, oh, you're never going to give us a team. You kick the can down. Well, if, if their politicians and, and their people kick the can down the road to the point that they don't get a team, then we're all just going to have to live with it. That's okay. We'll move on. 18 teams or we'll get a 19th team somewhere else. We'll all have to move on. We can't. Uh, no one's going to sit here and say, well, if Tassie doesn't get a team in, I'm not going to follow footy anymore. We're all just going to say, okay, well, Tassie had a chance and they don't have a team. It's 2027. Would have liked to have seen them in but they're not in. I'm still going to go to the footy. There's still footy on. And uh, it's it's one of those situations that is perplexing to a lot of us, Greg, but I don't think it's that perplexing to those who live their life in politics. Appreciate your call. one 736 Midday Madness is for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham. Work where for wherever you work. one 736 If you'd like to join me one here. That sounds like a pipe for Premier Election Platform. Dwayne, thank you for that. No, I'm happy you're doing this job and I don't think I'd be any good at politics, to be honest. Uh, a couple of texts that have come through outside of that one. Uh, g'day, Dwayne. Absolutely love Darcy Moore. What a blessing to Collingwood and to football in general. Thank you. Greg in Caulfield South, he is a blessing to all of us. Um, just so many good people in footy. It's great to be able to be in their aura at times, and that's what you do when you get close to Darcy Moore. You're part of his aura even when he's on radio. G'day, Dwayne. Uh, what did you make of the Hawks against the Bulldogs last week? Cheers, Zane. I went to that game at the Witten Oval. It was hard to really make much of it because the Bulldogs didn't play their best team against Hawthorne's best team. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bulldogs do this week in the same game against Hawthorne, essentially, in Launceston, where Hawthorne will play their best team and the Bulldogs will play their best team. So we'll get a better look at it this Saturday night, that game is. So I'm looking forward to getting a look at it. We'll have a chat about next week what we thought of the Dogs. But one here on the text that is correct, um, Brian and Dramana talking about Sam Darcy. Uh, Brian says, we all rave about Saunders. It was Sam Darcy that was the real shining light and could be the difference for the Dogs to make the top four. Brian, you are spot on. Sam Darcy was awesome in that game. And it was it was nice to see that evolution of a guy who had so many issues to get through last year. So he's a ripper. Back with more of your calls after the break. one three hundred seven three six seven three. Just on 
Just on Darcy Moore, got a bit of time. Your thoughts on this? It's the 35th anniversary of the AFL this season. 35 years of the AFL. You probably aren't counting the numbers and no one is counting the numbers because the AFL is not going to celebrate a 35th anniversary. But it's it's been 35 years this year that we've had a national competition, even though it was semi-national before that. So the last VFL year was 1989. Speaking of Collingwood, now the dust has settled. Was last year's grand final the best AFL grand, grand final we've had in 35 years? We've talked about it a lot, but I just wouldn't mind a straw poll. We'll put it up on Twitter. Your calls. Now the dust has settled. Was that the best AFL grand final we've had since the last of the VFL grand finals in 89? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A heap of other stuff that I want to get to as well. One other bizarre question, if you can answer this on the text. Why is Melbourne a ghost town today? There's no one on the roads. It is as quiet. It's, it's like a Sunday out there. It's weird. I thought I was coming to work on a on a Sunday afternoon today. So if you can tell me the answer to that, I'd like it as well. And Ben King, two-year deal. He signed a two-year deal to stay at the Gold Coast. What does that say to you? Does that say that he's looking at the Gold Coast like we're looking at the Gold Coast and saying, we presume we're going to be better, but are we going to be better? Take more of your calls and texts after the break here with Dwayne's World. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Right back to your calls for Midday Matters. Got a Brick Lane dining experience for two to give away, including some, oh, we've got some beautiful beers down there. You can get yourself some uh, refreshments that are non-alcoholic if you like. They've got non-alcoholic beers at Brick Lane as well at Queen Victoria Market. And a three-course meal as well to give away. Midday Madness for work locker Karen Downs and packing and workwear for wherever you work. Back to your calls, one 736 736 Dean in Elwood. Welcome to you, Dean. G'day, Dwayne. How are you? Yeah, good. You got a thought on whether last year's grand final is the best we've had given it's 35 years of the AFL this year? Yes, and just bear with me, Dwayne. I'm a, I'm a Carlton supporter, so it's hard to say it, but I... I feel it was the stories behind it, but just the game itself, like the, the goals. Well, you have West Coast and Sydney low-scoring ones. Uh, Hawthorne, Sydney, 2012 was good. Um, we haven't had that many close ones, but to be in the last kick, big goals from outside 50, um, Stars, Pendlebury, I hate to say it, McRow. I've been hearing it for two years, but it is a great story. There's only one other that rivals it, in my opinion, Wayne. Yes. And that's 95, Dwayne with the Blues. Just an all-star lineup, all you know, 100-year champions, Silvani, Kernahan, Bradley, Ratton, going nuts, two defeaties. But I may be biased, Dwayne. I may be biased. <laughs> hey, well, I got you on it, Dean. There was something Nathan Buckley said today about... Um, well, he said a few things today, Bucks. He was quite good on breakfast today. Always great to have Bucks on breakfast. Uh, he was with Sammy today, normally with Kane Corns on a Monday. It's great to have the superstar back, but um, the the most hyped recruit ever they chatted about this morning. It was the most hyped recruiting summer of all time, Dean, is the summer that Carlton got Craig Bradley, Stephen Kernahan, John Torich and Peter Motley in the one summer. Dean, is that was that the, the changing, was an amazing time, Dean, to be a Carlton supporter that summer when you got that, well, I think it was five of them, one other that I haven't even mentioned. Yeah, I think it was Naley and Satori That's right. as well, yep, yep. And uh, as a 15-year-old, and, and, you know, there was no money exchange or anything. Dwayne, it was just good management of the system, you know. And um, 
yeah, it was unbelievable. And then a few years later, you get Reese Jones, then you get Diesel. What recruiting by Carlton, what foresight and what, um, what man management. It was unbelievable. Uh, great to have you call. Um, Nathan Buckley did talk this morning. And Tim in Brighton, I know you're on the line. Summit and Dan in on North, we will come to you. Here's Nathan Buckley talking about the hype around Harley Reid. Who has been the most hyped recruit of all time, if you've got a, an option? Because that summer, Carlton were hyped and they delivered, given all those big names. Bradley, Kernahan, Doritich, Motley, Naley, Satori. Here's Nathan Buckley from earlier today. We'll find out in another 30 headlines and about three years how good he's going to be. And then he's got to pro- he'll have to prove it and reinvent himself and go again and again and again over 10 yeah. or 15 years if he's going to get anything close to what, we, what he's been built up to be. That's pretty much every n- number one pick. And the, as I said, the fault there is not with the player. It's not with the industry. It's with us on this side of it and what we try to – the pedestal that they try to put yeah. players on just because they've been good at, at 17 or 18. It's, I, I think it's a lot more than that. Nathan Buckley with Sammy Edmund this morning. Jason Horn Francis has got to be up there as well when it comes to the most hype recruits. And I think he's actually going to be pretty damn good in the end, Jason Horn Francis. He looked good last week again. Tim in Brighton, as we head back to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Thanks for holding, Tim. Oh, no, that's a pleasure, Dwayne. Thanks for taking my call. I, I can, by the way, I can remember that uh, time when Carlton recruited all those players, Kernahan, Bradley, Dodge. And even as a non Carlton supporter, I was just so in awe of what they had done. It was it, it was really exciting to watch those players go around. But what I wanted to talk about was in response to your question about Ben King. As a St Kilda supporter, I held out for Ben King possibly coming to St Kilda. And I know St Kilda has worked um, over the years to try and get him down to Moravan. Uh, but what it says to me with this two-year deal is that... Is that He's not going to come to... It's unlikely he'll come to St Kilda and that they have... He has, and as well as other players, I think, they really have faith in what is going on up in the Gold Coast. And I think now with um, uh, with Dimmer there, that, that could possibly be the missing piece for them to, to really uh, project themselves um, up the ladder. So you think he's staying long-term? It's just a two-year deal for now? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I Look, I... Look, you never say never, but I just think that that two-year deal further signifies that, you know, that he'll stay up there long-term. Great to have you called, Tim. Nice to have you contribute to the conversation. One here on the most hyped players. Uh, Pasties was a big arrival, flying into Cadinia Park via the helicopter. That was Brian Peake, who got to Geelong, I think, at the age of 33 or 32. And that's why he had the name Pasties, because his name was Brian Peake, and he got there Pasties Peake. But, boy, was it a big entrance getting to Cadinia Park. In a helicopter. Great to have you called, Tim. Summit and Danny on North. Welcome to you, Summit. Good, Dwayne. How you doing? Good, thanks. That's uh, good, uh, Dwayne. Um, I just have I just have a question for you. Uh, I just want to say this regarding these practice games being going on between the AFL teams. Why can't uh, Why can't the teams just play the reserves rather than playing against each other and risk so many injuries? Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I'm a Carlton supporter. Like Sam Walsh got injured. Jacob Wittry, I think he got injured before the matches, though. But we're always risking few of these players getting injured. And if they're playing a reserves team, they can always play, for example, in the nighttime, in the lights, you know, if they know, you know, it's going to be a very hot day because no one playing each other on a 30-plus degree day when you know, you know, during the season it's 
hardly going to be 30 plus. What do you reckon? Well, I think we're heading for one day, a 26-game season summit. We've got 24 now with the addition of Gather Round. I think we'll get to a 26-game season, I think, and there'll be no pre-season games at all. Uh, you'll just go into round one, and that'll be your first game, and it'll stop anybody being injured in a pre-season competition game like we've got this week. Um, that's what I'm hoping happens, Summit. I think more serious footy and less non-serious footy is the direction that we've gone in for 15 years now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, uh, the players the players don't even put their hands up or even the clubs, they don't get their players to play. For example, you know, the, the Wick versus SA or, you know, the, hmm. the state of origin and stuff that used to be played 20, 30 years ago because of the risk of the injuries or, you know, any... Any any games like exhibition matches and stuff because they don't want to have their high recruiters, you know, going in and getting injured. So what, it's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? You know, getting them to play all these practice games and then get getting injured and or risk injuries mm. because you know the grounds weren't maintained or you know they they slipped or you know there was maybe another player who wanted wanted their name in the top 23 uh, of their team and they they go maybe a little bit harder than the other players because they don't they don't have that place in the 23 soon up so i mean you know they are the ones if they if they are defend, like if they are the defender they might go a little bit harder to spoil something so that they can show the coach that they they probably want to earn earn their spot yeah, well, I know it was like when I was playing in these games, Summit, some went harder than others. And if you're on the borderline of selection, you go a hell of a lot harder than those that know they're an automatic for round one. That's just the nature of every beast these days. Um, and it is, I mean, it's a game of survivor sometimes the summer. And sometimes you've got to get your A game out late Feb if you want to get yourself into the 22. That's just the way it is. Johnny Mount Evelyn. Hi, John. Okay, Dwayne. Um, yeah, poor old Jack Watts. Copped a fair <laughs> bit of height. Yeah. For, uh, yeah, Jack Watson, that he got unveiled on Queen's birthday and uh, they threw him to the walls and it didn't quite work. Uh, whereas there's kids coming through now that are ready day dot and we just heard from Joy Simkin earlier, McCurch is going to play round one for North Melbourne. What a great news story that is off the back of Horn Francis played round one and uh, we know that Sheasel played round one and dominated round one last year. There's more and more young players coming in doing well round one. It's a great world to be in when that's happening. The preparation of these players and the other competitions has gone ahead in leaps and bounds. The great debate for titanium caravans. This is built tough to tackle Australia's harshest conditions. Make your next caravan a titanium. Mario and I'm now welcome to you, Mario. Uh, hello, uh, hello, Dwayne. Listen, um, I'm a little bit uh, annoyed and, and actually a little bit pissed off with the AFL. I think this whole idea of the mid-season trade is nonsense. You know, I think everybody who takes a dispassionate view of what's happened already with, you know, uh, being able to trade into people who after seven or eight years are either an agent, or, uh, either a free agent or a restricted agent, all that's done is made the more powerful clubs more powerful. Very few people have traded down. The idea of that was... In, in, in a word, to try and strengthen the competition by people moving around, but all it did was allow a drift to the uh, to the more senior and better resource clubs and those that were doing better. Now, Dwayne, I can't believe that that's not going to be the complete result of what's going to happen with trading. No one's going to trade. No, the first six clubs who look like they're going to get into the finals will then start trying to raid the lower clubs to fill in their their weaknesses. The fact that they didn't trade properly 
or they didn't do things during, or didn't uh, develop their players, the easy way out for them would be to go and just find someone from somewhere else. Yeah, so, but the good clubs that are down the ladder will do it better and actually it's going to be who's got the best recruiters and who's smartest that will do it better. It won't necessarily be the top clubs. Is there a, is it a chicken and the egg? The top clubs have got the better recruiters, the better um, people at the helm, so they just get the job done a hell of a lot better than the lower clubs who have recruited badly and that's why they're down the bottom anyway? No, that's, that's rubbish. Look, let's just do a hypothetical. Let's just do a hypothetical. Uh, Next year, Collingwood are doing okay. They're third. They don't have a full forward. Now, who's got a fairly good full forward? Let's go to North Melbourne and try and get Larky. Right? Larky's got a six-year deal or whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll offer him the world. The fact that Collingwood has had seven or eight years to try and find a full forward, they haven't bothered, they haven't recruited properly, and they think, well, look, the easy way out is to just go down to one of the lower clubs and uh, get, try and get there. And what do we get in return? What, a couple of bloody draft picks. It takes us another four or five years to develop someone. But Larky's not going to leave you, is he, Mario? He's not going to well, leave you. that's not the point. Uh, hang on. That's not the point. The point is this. It's a lazy system. It's going to compromise not only what happens to the other clubs, but it'll make the whole idea of drafting youngsters a complete joke. Because people won't have to draft youngsters. They'll say, what if, what, we'll just uh, give it lip service and in the middle of the year we'll look around for what we really need. I think it's a, it's it's an idea which doesn't work with Australian rules. Oh, it's a fair it's a fair call, Mario. Hold the line. We got something for you. You had a passionate thought there, and uh, we'll send you off to Brick Lane on us at Queen Victoria Market, a Brick Lane dining experience for two, including a three course meal and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's one love pale ale is the taste of summer. Look, I think it will work, so I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, I'm in the media industry, so maybe that mid season carry on when people do get thrown up for trade is going to be fantastic for all of us in the media. But I think there's been, I think there's been, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven different premiers in nine years. So yeah, Richmond's won three in that period, but seven different AFL premiers in nine years is pretty good when it comes to making sure that the top teams don't start at the top forever. I mean, we've seen the drop of Geelong, premiers two out of the eight. We've seen what happened with the Bulldogs. Premiers can't get get another premiership after it. It's not like they have a, a dynasty going. And Melbourne now, premiership a couple of years ago, and there's people tipping them to miss the eight. You know, seven premiers in nine years is a pretty good rotation, I think, to say that the competition is not being dominated by a couple of teams forever. It's hard to start at the top. Gravity gets you. Mal and uh, Melvin Spiro in Carnegie. We'll get to you straight after the break. You at Dwayne's World. A lot of tech coming through off Mario's call. One here, Mario, is just stating what the VFL was like in the 1980s. Matt in Brisbane, another one here. Dwayne, 100% with that gentleman um, about the mid-season trade. You made your bed. Money speaks all languages. Dwayne, money rules. Alan, that sounds like you're on my side of this, Alan. I think the good clubs have got better people and do things better. They just recruit better. And teams aren't staying up the top all the time anymore. Geelong dropped. Hawthorne, dominant, dropped. Richmond, dominant, dropped. So we've got had seven different premiers in nine years, so the best teams aren't staying up the top. Gravity gets them. Even though there is a theory that if we bring in the mid-season trade, that the dominant teams will just go and grab all the good players from the bottom teams, I'm not sure that's actually going to happen, even though that is the thing we're all scared about. It's, it's, the, it's the scary monster at night, that is, for all of us that have got teams down the bottom of the ladder. But... Sometimes the reality is there's no scary monster out there. You're frightened of nothing. Spiros and Carnegie, are you there, Spiros? How are you, Dwayne? Good, thanks. 
Dwayne, with these um, practice games, I guess, that have been played uh, prior to the um, actual season starting, how close uh, do you think the teams are uh, showing their hand? Uh, I'll just give Richmond, for example, like they have a lot of players out against Melbourne. A lot more players will be playing. Uh, the big name players will be playing against Collingwood on Tuesday. Um, can can they actually make big changes to what you um, what we actually would see in these practice games? Well, yes and no. So some teams look great, some teams look terrible. North Melbourne's ball movement looked fantastic. We saw that um, Hawthorne had a completely new look forward line. So Hawthorne's forward line looks nothing like what it looked last year, this year. So Kaczynski's gone. They've still got Lewis. They've got Chole. They've got Harbick, who they had last year, but they're playing him as a forward, even though he played occasionally forward last year. They've got the Wizard also in their forward line, the little guy, Nick Watson. They've got Ginevan in their forward line as well. Um, I think Chole's going to play as their forward second ruck. So, you know, Hawthorne are experimenting with this whole new forward line now. So we are seeing some differences. And then again, we're seeing some of the things that are the same. And, and unfortunately, there's... Well, I don't want to go too hard on teams like Essendon and the West Coast. I mean, West Coast had a mulligan against Fremantle, but Fremantle looked great. So Fremantle's ball movement was slick. I mean, if I'm Fremantle, if I'm a Fremantle fan right now, I'm buying my membership off the back of what I saw on the weekend because that was exactly what I want confirmed to me in a preseason game. Right, we're playing like that, are we? Quick ball movement, down the spine, get it to Amos, get it to Tracy. Tabner can't even get a game in that forward line at the moment, Spiros. So there's there's a bit to like out of the preseason games, I reckon. So, you, so what you're saying is so let's, a club like Hawthorne, that they won't change much of the structure that they went into the... Um, Pre-season games with. Well, I spoke to I spoke to Will Day last week on this show, and I asked him what's your forward line look like, and he said we won't know until next week against the Dogs in Launceston when we find out who's in form. And there's been a few clubs confirm that to me. So even though we think, oh well, they're going to go with this, or they're going, they don't know. Spiros, not everyone's assured of a game. McKercher had to play well last week in North Melbourne's back line to confirm, yep, he's ready. So you didn't know pre that game against Collingwood whether McKercher was going to play. Yep, we do now know that. And I think we're going to find out a lot about a couple of these teams this coming week, Spiros. So yes, um, there's, a, there's a lot to be gained out of these games, including confirmation of coaches who are seeing what they can get out of players in different positions and with different game plans. Uh, Mal and Malvin, what can you, Mal? Oh, hi, Dwayne. Thanks for having a call, mate. Oh, I feel bad because I'm going to have a bit of a whinge, right? Um... The whole seating arrangement with our memberships at Collingwood's changed. As you know, we've lost our um, away seats at the MCG. But not only that, though, at any or Marvel, what it is now, we've lost our seats altogether at Marvel, which you, we pay full price for for the whole year. Now, if I've got to go to Marvel now, I've got to get on to Ticketek and redeem my ticket and go. So when I rang the club, I said, well, what happens if I don't go? Do I get compensated? I said, no. So they're reselling my seat to someone else if I don't go. So that's double dipping. But you get compensated because it's your seat, don't you? No, you don't. Well, I think some clubs have a system where you get money back if they resell your seat. If you so, have you bought that seat? Do you own it at the moment? I don't, no, there's no seat anymore. Right. Taking away our seats away at home. Right. right. Okay. And if I want to go, I've got to redeem my ticket. And I rang the club and I said, "Well, what if I don't go?" Do I get compensated? They said no. So they're double dipping. 
They're reselling my seats I've already paid for. So this is Collingwood home games, not Collingwood away games at the MCG talking? Home, no, I'm talking at the Etihad, at, at Marvel, sorry. Right, and which team? That I've paid, beg your pardon? Which team? Collingwood. So Collingwood at Marvel, away game? Away and home. If it's our home game at Marvel or yep. away game, we have to redeem a ticket that I've already paid for. Mm. And if I don't go, I don't get compensated. They just resell the ticket. Their excuse was they're saying people have got the tickets don't turn up to Marvel. So the, the, the looks there in the seats and some of the stands. So if you don't redeem your ticket, they're going to resell it to someone else so they get a full house. Yeah, that's an extraordinary circumstance, though. Collingwood, given that Collingwood could put 90,000 at the MCG, you're trying to squeeze them into a 50,000-seat stadium and it's an away game. So that is, that's an extraordinary circumstance that you're talking about, though. Yeah, look, it's incredible. Like I, I said to this young girl, she was very nice, I said, listen, you understand, that's double dipping. I paid that seat. I sat in that same seat for 20 years. Now you've taken it away from me. And if I don't go, you don't even compensate for me, then you sell to someone else because I don't redeem my seat. Appreciate your call, Mal. I can hear your pain, um, but it's a unique one that I've got an answer to, other than it's a fairly unique experience. I mean, how many away games do Collingwood have at Marvel? Uh, North Melbourne away game at Marvel? That's your only... It's a one-off. So you've only got one away game at Marvel, and it's North Melbourne. Collingwood don't play any other away games at Marvel. So you're talking about one game. Dave in Bunbury, you there, Dave? I am, Dwayne. How are you? Yeah, good. Far away. Uh, just, you yeah, talking before about the best grand finals in the AFL era. The, the two for me, and I'll put it on the table straight up, is, in my opinion, the 2018 when Eagles fan. But also last year, like, in my opinion, the two best grand finals in the era. Um, last year was just the complete tug of war game. I don't think the lead broke past, I think, about 13 points for either side. So it was just that tug of war, literally the whole game was back and forward, back and forward. And the winners on by four points. And then you go to 2018, Collingwood flew out of the blocks and were clawed back all game. I was actually there. And I'll never forget, three-quarter time of that game, the stadium was dead silent. I remember lining up to go to the urinal and then you lined up with Eagles, Collingwood fans, and there was not one word being spoken anywhere. The tension was just, it was crazy. And ironically, both games were decided by four points and arguably the most iconic grand final moment of the last at least 10 years is Dom Sheets from the boundary. So in my opinion, those two grand finals are the best two, in my opinion. Great to have you called, Dave. It's uh, an interesting debate. It is good to have your calls on Midday Madness for Work Locker Caron Downs and Packing and Workwear for wherever you work. The great debate for Titanium Caravans, Australian-made luxury off-road campus. Nick in Bandura. I'll come to you straight after the break as well. You're with Dwayne's Block. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Straight back to your calls and your text. One here on the text. Is Gorn coming on? No, we've missed Max Gorn. We had a chat to a number of the captains, but we've missed Maxie, unfortunately. Uh, Dwayne, old mate complaining about double dipping is wrong because if he has to redeem that ticket, he's got up until the bounce to redeem that ticket, in which case means no one can resell it. Cheers, the Gold Coast Crow. Uh, one here, that last Collingwood supporter was talking about 
two or three home games. Collingwood play at Marvel. Last year we had reserved seats for our home games at Marvel. This year we lose the reserved seat at home games at Marvel. We have to redeem seats best available if we as Pies members want to go to the games at Marvel. But again, that looks like you've got a seat if you want it. It's not the same seat as last year, but it is your seat if you want to redeem it. Um, Nick in Bandura, you've got an update on this one. to you, Nick? Yeah, Dwayne. Um, that's right. We Last year, we used to get an email to say and, or to ask us if we're going to the game at Marvel Stadium or not. If we weren't going, they were willing to give us a $10 refund so they can sell the ticket. Now what's happening is we've all had reserved seats um, at Marvel... And like, I mean, I've had this seat 15 to 20 years now, and I've, I'm right on the wing. And the vision that you get at the game or on your TV at the centre bounce, that's our vision. We've got the cameras right behind us. Now, what happens is we've got to ring up tomorrow to redeem these tickets. We'll get a ticket, but we won't get that seat. So we used to have a reserve seat. Now we don't have a reserve seat. We've got reserve tickets. And what level of membership is it, Nick? Mine's the old captain's membership. So if you've got um, home and away reserve seats, it's three games at Marvel Stadium, whereas I've only got home seat reserve seats for home matches. I've got to redeem those two tickets. Now, if I don't ring up tomorrow to redeem them, I've lost them. Mm. And the club will sell them and I don't get a refund, even though I've already paid for that. So you'd be happier if they gave you $10 like they did last year? I'd be happy to keep. Um, I I wouldn't sell my ticket for the day. Mm -hmm. If I was to redeem my tickets, I want the seats that I had, that I've paid for. So in, in essence, if you don't go, you'd rather your seat empty? Absolutely. So the club can learn that without us members... If they upset us, and without us members, there won't be a club. But the problem is that um, being Collingwood, a lot of a lot of supporters wouldn't care, and they'll just go. Is that good for footy, though? People just leaving their seat empty because we'll stuff them. Is that the? Is that going to be good though? If that keeps happening, maybe not. But maybe some supporters, you know, want to make a stance. And hmm. um, at the end of the day, also. Majority of our memberships went up two hundred dollars over the over you know, from last year. Yet we lose those seats. I can't I can't work it out. Yeah, Nick, I hear your pain. I just think there's got to be a better solution than people saying I'm just going to leave my seat vacant, stuff them. We've got to be better than that, don't we? Uh, one here, Geelong, give you a rebate for next season's membership. Uh, thanks for that. Um, Collingwood supporters expected to be compensated for not going to games. Um, there's a few of those coming through. Keep your texts coming through. Keep your calls coming through. Lewin Bandura, you've got your update on this. David Melton, we'll get to you. You're with Nate Amanda. It's great to have your company. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Midday Madness, rapid fire. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise all the way up to 2 o'clock. Lou, Dave, we'll get to you before the 2 o'clock news. A couple of texts on the way through. Uh, pipe, Collingwood supporter here. I would rather see a seat filled from on-selling. Nothing worse than seeing half-empty stadium, especially behind the goals. Another one here, Dwayne. The real robbery when it comes to Collingwood memberships is having to opt in and pay another $20 for a hat. Uh, why do these Magpie supporters think they 
are until this year. They used to get other members' seats for their away games and now sucking about Marvel. Uh, they shouldn't have had home seats for away games. Um, thanks for that text. Another one here, Pipe at the club, basically saying stuff them to the members as well. So it seems like there's a few Collingwood fans turning on their club here. Uh, Lou and Bandura, you want to talk Collingwood ticketing as well, Lou? Yeah, look, I'm not turning on the club, but um, pretty unhappy with the... I had a phone call a couple of weeks ago. So I'm about a 12-year member, a Legends member, paid up every year. And um, that's pretty much my whole adulthood. Uh, yeah, adulthood, so I'm 30 years old, so since about 18. Um, my away seat in level 1 to... Which was M... No, level 1, M36, got taken away. And I was sitting by myself, mind you, and, and I, got, uh, I got reallocated to level 4, row, row W or something. Now, I know uh, a few of our seats got taken away this year. I think, I think it was about 10,000 or something got taken away, and we got given more in level four. But it still doesn't, it still doesn't uh, give them a right to just throw us in level four and say, this is all we got. Or you can have a reserve ticket, but no seat for the away, away game. So, mind you, Anzac Day's an away game this year, so I want to go to that game. So I want to have a reserve seat. And also the Marvel thing, it's for two games. It's against the Doggies yep. and against West Coast. So, so you're not turning on your club. You're just, uh, you're just grumpy with them about the Marvel stuff, Lou. Well, yeah, Dwayne, I've, mate, I've played every single even for yeah. COVID. No, I get man. it. Like, it's a bit of sense. Like, you can't be allocated level four when you've been sitting at level one away games. I've got every game. I know. But, if, but, but Mario, if you've got 60,000 members who want a seat, it doesn't work in a 50,000-seat stadium when you've also got the home team and want to get their fan. Look, Dave and Melton, I don't want to squeeze you, Dave. We'll come to you straight after the break. Um, it was supposed to be rapid fire, but Lou had a pretty good point he wanted to make. Um, one here, redeem your ticket if you can't go and give it to a family member or friend. Not that hard. Another one here. Um, the issue I have, I like my reserve seat at Marvel that I picked when purchasing a Collingwood Legend membership. Another one here. That comment grinds my gears. Leave the seat unused to prove a point. Makes me sick. That's uh, from GM in East Brighton. Plenty still to come after two. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Plenty still to come on the lunch menu for Dwayne's World today, brought to us by the good people at Barclays Smokehouse. Beat the lunch lockout with Grandmother Ham from Barclays Smokehouse. Find it at your local deli. And on that lunch menu is Channel 7 Chief Reporter Mitch Cleary to tell us the latest on the Sam Powell Pepper suspension. Hopefully, that'll come through in the next half an hour. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. David Melton's uh, carryover from Midday Matters. A couple of texts coming through on this. In the words of the late John Elliott, I prefer an empty seat to a Collingwood supporter. Another one here, all these Collingwood fans should try to be a Lions member and be made to sit on level three at Marvel Stadium. Another one here, complaining about Collingwood away seats. I have Essendon home seats and I can't sit in them when we play Collingwood. Another one here, cry me a river culture uh, at Collingwood. Some things never change. Uh, David Melton, uh, you've got a... A carryover from the opening two hours. Uh, sorry to make you whole. Welcome to you. 
No, that's all right, mate. Mate, I'm just ringing up on Mario about the mid-season draft and how we threw in the richer clubs and poorer clubs. It's got mm. nothing to do with that. It's all got to do with the organisation and management at your club and your recruiters and your coaches and the people that... If you care about players, you better look after them because it's... You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how he brings in richer clubs and poorer clubs. That's not nothing to do with it. Well, the richer clubs maybe can pay better people and better people are going to make better decisions and better decisions means better better recruiting and use of resources. There is no guarantee that every club is going to get – well, not every club will get it right. The mid-season trade period, some will be crying from it. There's no doubt. And all those clubs that don't do it properly will have fans that say, oh, there's a lot of garbage, this mid-season trade stuff. And someone who gets it right and grabs a mid-season trade player that ends up being of extreme value to their club for a cheap price will say, well, we had some really good people make some calls in our club and we've won a premiership because of it, Dave. So, yeah, there'll be people screaming because of it. But, uh, again, we've never had a mid-season trade period in the 35-year AFL era. So there's no precedent to say it won't work other than the fact that it is scary what will happen if your club doesn't do the right thing in that period because the last thing you want to do is spend draft choices that end up costing you big time for years. And let's face it, there's been recruiting stuff that has been done at clubs without the mid-season trade period that has cost clubs five or six years. And we might talk about a a club that's in that realm tomorrow um, that I think Nathan Buckley put on the agenda sort of today, but we'll get to that tomorrow because we've got a few texts and calls to get to in the meantime. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. In fact, we might go to an early lost in the wash because we're still with no decision yet on the Sam Powell Pepper suspension. So Mitch Cleary is going to join me in around 10 minutes' time. So lost in the wash time right now. If you want to jump on, anything we should have got to by now but haven't got to yet, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Lost in the wash for Showser Dog Washers. $5 from every wash goes to your footy club, showser.com.au. What should we have got to? We've got a Dwayne's or a T-shirt or two to give away. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jump on the line right now and we'll get you to air. One here. Hi, Dwayne. Ticketing conversations are exhausting, let alone Collingwood ticketing conversations. Josh in Bandura. Thanks for that, Josh. Uh, one here. I wouldn't be hanging hopes on Chole. Couldn't get a game at the Tigers or Suns. Not good. Not consistent enough, Bill. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to see. Hawthorne are going to use him as a pinch-hitting ruck on what I saw at the Wittenover last week. So I think it's better use of Chole, but you're right. Until he actually plays a consistent season, he hasn't been a consistent footballer. So that is still something we're all waiting to see whether he can be. Um, best recruits ever, Foss Williams and John Cale. Back to Port Adelaide from West Adelaide. Thanks for that as well. There's been some good recruits over time. And a few have pointed out to me, including Dom. Naley and Satori came the following year. 1987, Dwayne, after Kernahan, Bradley, Motley and Dorotich arrived for the 86 season. So thanks for that, Dom, clarification uh, there. Um, ben King signed a two-year deal with the Gold Coast. They can play for Tasmania. Thank you for that. Best grand final, and we've got a Twitter poll up. Best grand final of the 35-year AFL era. We're going to get that up on the Dwayne's World Twitter feed shortly. Uh, best grand final was the 2009 St Kilda v Geelong grand final. Judy in Berwick, appreciate that. Most hyped recruit, Jason Horn Francis, hyped two years in a row. Big Roo. Dwayne, your thoughts on Essendon's match? Saints very impressive. The Bombers look sloppy and lazy. So what I saw from the weekend of footy, and we haven't really got to this, it has been lost in the wash. Um, Fremantle looked really good. 
I love what I saw from Fremantle. Didn't like what I saw in the Fremantle performances last year, but love what we saw against the West Coast. But it was only against the West Coast, and their injury depleted, and we know they're bottom of the ladder. But at least the signs are good so far. North Melbourne looked great. Brisbane looked great. They were ready to go from day dot. Bordeaux looked okay, but we didn't see them with their best lineup against Hawthorne's best lineup. Hawthorne looked okay. Whole new forward line. Port looked good, I thought. I thought Adelaide looked really good, promising. I mean, they're the kind of team, Adelaide, that I haven't picked to make the eight but could still win the flag. That's what they've got on offer. Phil Thorpe looks like he's improving, so fantastic. Carlton and Geelong, already spoke to Patrick Cripps about it, but 38-degree day. It was hard to really get anything out of the second half of that game, but both ticked the boxes there. Giants looked great, and the Swans looked pretty good as well. Um, Collingwood, well, they had their big guns out, so I'll assess Collingwood this weekend. Sorry, assess Collingwood tomorrow night, I should say, against Richmond. And a couple of teams out of Mulligan. West Coast, nah. Essendon, nah. Gold Coast, but, you know, it was only a practice game last week, and we'll see what they dish up this week. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. If you've got a lost in the wash, we'll get to you to air straight after the break. And Mitch Cleary from Channel 7 still to come. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. It is joy for Jordan Thompson in Los Cabos. A miraculous marathon week ends with him as an ATP singles champion for the first time in his career. Big win for Jordan Thompson. We'll talk to BP a little bit later on this hour about the big win for the Aussie. Lost in the wash for showers or dog washers or footy clubs. Need one couple of texts before I head back to your calls. Boo-hoo. Fremantle members are compensated if they resell and we only get to see our team in WA 11 or 12 times. Nola, another one here. Hawks were the best club that everyone wanted to go to. Now, are they? Whoever is winning will demand best players. It's just the way it is. That is why we have seen more teams play in and stay up for longer. Thank you. Uh, great to have so many texts come through on 0433981116. The text machine brought to us by 40 Winks and Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R, mattresses and pillows like no other. I want here, I vote no for last year's grand final being the best. That's from Tony. Another one here, best AFL grand final was the 2010 draw. And uh, a few coming through telling me that the roads are like a ghost town in Melbourne because it's an RDO for the construction industry today. That was the reason why it was so easy to drive around Melbourne today. Um, Pipe, Melbourne is quiet because everyone who can walk from home works from home on Mondays. Dano, thanks for that. What a beautiful world Melbourne is when it's this quiet, I've got to say. Uh, back to your calls, though. Mick in Airport West. Thanks for holding, Mick. G'day, Dwayne. Um, yeah, lost in the West. Disgraceful performance last night from the referee in the Victory Central Coast game. Um, just, it was blatantly obvious he was going one way. And the young boy that he sent off, who was probably on for 60 seconds, I, I reckon, that went to the VAR, and you clearly saw it. He did, did not even touch him. The other guys probably tapped his own ankle, and he copped a red card. And I'm like, you, you can't have referees like that. It's, it, it was the worst performance from a referee I've ever seen. Ever. It's a long time ever, Mick, but I appreciate your call because I didn't see it. But ever's a long time, but that's what Lost in the Wash is all about. Uh, great heavy call. Bailey and Lavin North got a Lost in the Wash. Welcome to you, Bailey. 
G'day, Dwayne. I hope you're well. Uh, look, just just calling up because I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Tigers. Um, I thought they played really, really well against Melbourne, considering the outs they had, and it, and also comparatively, Melbourne was really highly missing, in my opinion, or from what I could remember anyway, two players in Oliver and Salem. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Tigers. Yeah, look good, Bailey. I uh, really enjoyed it, and it's hard to really put a form line through it, given. You got a new coach. You still got Lynch to come back. There's a few variables in there. Is Bolter going to work as a forward? Still don't know myself. My jury's out on whether that's going to work. But um, it's one box ticked. That's the beauty of it. And tomorrow night's going to be. That's the beauty of having footy on tomorrow night. If you've got Fox and Ko, you can see it. Obviously, if you haven't got Fox or Ko, you won't see it. But it, it means nothing tomorrow night. Yet it means a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I think the game against Collingwood. You know, your last sort of practice match before the season begins. Um, I think that's where it'll get a bit more serious. That's and what I mean tomorrow night. That's tomorrow night. That's already tomorrow night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, the charity match, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's crept up on us, but it is tomorrow night. So tomorrow night, Collingwood-Richmond, for those unaware. Wednesday night, Carlton-Melbourne. Uh, Thursday night, Sydney Lions. Um, Thursday night's also the Giants and the Suns. And then I think Friday night, Geelong and Essendon and Port Adelaide and Fremantle are playing. And then... Uh, Saturday, Adelaide, West Coast, Hawthorne, Bulldogs and St Kilda, North Melbourne. Great to have you call, Bailey. Nice chip in there with Richmond. Uh, so far, so good. Ronnie and Bendigo, you there, Ronnie? G'day, Dwayne. Trust you're having a fantastic Monday yep. afternoon. A uh, couple of things. Lost in the wash, Liverpool with around about six or seven of their front line or first team players winning the uh, the League Cup last night or this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, getting extra time for the... Um, Virgil van Dijk scoring a fantastic header. Um, and just hoping, being a Carlton supporter, but obviously for all clubs, hoping that all the teams can get through these uh, next practice matches without any more serious injuries. You don't want to be derailing um, anyone's season before it actually starts. You know, premierships can be lost in mm. lost in February, but they can't be won in February. No, which is why I'd like the season to start in February. Season should be starting this coming weekend, should be starting this Thursday. And these games should be counting. And uh, if you do an injury and it's the real round one, well, it's not as bad than as doing an injury tomorrow night in a practice game. But uh, I'll continue to fight that fight um, with Laura, if you're listening. Um, Christian in Frankston, you there, Christian? Yeah, hey, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. What do you got for us? Hey, uh, I just want to um, mention about Stephen Silvani. I think it's been lost in the wash that how well he's actually built up the Carlton list. Now, I know he's not there now, mm. but he only left last year. So you look at GWS and how they are, and you look at Carlton, how they are now, uh, I think he can. He knows how to uh, get a club together. He does, and you don't really know until four years down the track, do you? That's the hard part, five years down the track sometimes. So, you know, it's hard because he has been attacked a bit, Christian, over time, and yet the proof's there for it right now. Yeah, 100%. And it looks like they're going to have another good year this year, you know, considering well, all goes well with injuries. Mm. Could have the Silvani Cup in the grand final. We could have the Giants playing. Well, it might be the Silvani Cup if it's the Giants and Carlton or even the Giants and St Kilda. Given that he's there now and been doing a bit of work in recent times. Hey, good call, Christian. Hold the line. You've got a Dwaynesville T-shirt coming your way. Hold the line. We'll let you know how we can get it to you down there in Frankston. Uh, speaking of lost in the wash, Gary and Tim... Have their very own greyhound, if you haven't heard, King Eternal. And you can be a winner with the King 
If you'd like to be king for a week and share in the king's winnings, all you have to do is listen to Gary and Tim. Each week, I'll select five listeners to take a share in any winnings the king makes racing that week. So get around King Eternal and listen to Gary and Tim from 6 a.m. tomorrow on SEN. Just been talking about uh, Jordan Thompson's win in the tennis, and uh, that's the perfect cue to get Brett Phillips up close to the first serve. You'll hear more about it at 8pm tonight on SEN. Thanks to Arnold, Thomas and Becker. Talk to a lawyer and start your no-win, no-fee claim today. But it was old school. He played in the doubles and the singles and won both. Point you, Brett, great to have you on. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dwayne. He, he put in some serious hours. And, look, he's going to join us on the show uh, tonight, which is brilliant. He's made the flight to uh, Acapulco, where the players will be uh, playing uh, this week off about two hours sleep. He's been generous enough to give us some time uh, tonight, he's a pretty humble guy, uh, Tomo. He, I remember the first time he came to do special comments with us uh, during our Australian Open coverage, and I knew he was quiet, and I said to a couple of people, do you reckon we'll get much out of him? Because he had a bit of a nickname around the locker room of Humphrey. Hmm. You know, he didn't say too much. Very understated. And hey, so wander around the locker room with no pants on. <laughs> it's fair to say oh, he didn't get off to a right, great start. Uh, I was doing the, uh, the special comments and the uh, calling, and then he got going. And I said, Tomo, we, you know, the fans want to hear from you. You're a very intelligent tennis player. And we were doing a Nick Kyrgios match. And you couldn't get two players who play more differently than Kyrgios and Thompson. And his intelligence and IQ in that uh, match to commentate was brilliant. So he's always had great fitness. He's always been durable, great mental strength. He's always uh, had uh, intelligence to you know, strategize around the tennis court. He's never had the biggest weapons, but everyone goes on their own journey. And these are hard to win on the ATP Professional Tour to win a title. 29, some take a lot longer to get there. Um, but, you know, he's had a terrific career. And I, I think there's some real upside. I mean, he sits at 32 in the world today, which means you're around Grand Slam seeding uh, that area. That's where he wants to be. And he's just incrementally got better at all the areas of his game. He's, you know, he's... I'd say right now, I mean, his he's ground strike's world-class, super quick, he's durable, I mean, absolute respect. And when he beat Nadal uh, in that semi-final, of course, um, up in Brisbane to start the year, uh, gee, it doesn't, uh, you know, for Nadal, you know, losing that match doesn't make it look so bad for him because Thompson certainly elevated. So, yeah, great winning loss, Carlos. And to go on and win the doubles, to play a semi-final and a final in the same day on top of the singles, I don't think I've ever seen that done, Dwayne, so... Incredible effort. So um, this sounds like a fun part of the tour. Los Cabos is in Mexico. I don't know much about... I do know a bit about Acapulco because I watched the Elvis movie going back when, but um, it sounds like a good part of the tour to be on and winning. I've got to say, the, the Mexican tennis fans uh, right up there. Now, I've, I've been watching young Taylor Preston play today, who's our biggest prospect on the women's side. 18 years of age, already at 150. She was a runner-up. They were playing in another part of Mexico. And the fans there are terrific. In fact, Andy Murray, on his own ex-Twitter uh, account last week, said, I know this will be an unpopular opinion, opinion, but I think there should be a Masters 1000 or a bigger uh, tournament status for South America. Uh, this being obviously Central America mm. where Mexico is, but that whole part of the world. Well, I watched the Rio Open earlier today. That's as good an atmosphere you'll get at a tennis stadium with everything that's going on. So, uh, anyway, Andy Murray's putting it on the agenda for the ATP to put a bigger focus on and some bigger tournaments uh, in, you know, Central and also South America. So this will be uh, Can Never Do It Again, which is a bit like some of the things we talk about in the AFL, like 
State of Origin, but it was good in the days when John McEnroe would play in the singles and the doubles at Grand Slam. So that'll never happen again. But is there ever an opportunity where we can get the great guys playing doubles? Or is the prize money not good enough? Or what's their reason now? I just think the, the physicality of the game now does does make it tough. I mean, I'm off to Indian Wells tomorrow for next week, and this is where uh, the some of the entries are, are brilliant. But they don't they the players do make a really concerted effort to play doubles at Indian Wells, and they get compensated nicely for it because the fans there, it's an older clientele who go to the tennis who love their doubles. So and the players often use it as a bit of a warm up into the singles. Uh, but it is tough. It is tough to go around. I mean, he's an absolute um, energizer man, uh, Jordan Thompson. And he, <laughs> five hours, five and a half hours out on court on finals day to uh, win a couple of trophies, uh, quite extraordinary. So, yeah, we'll never quite get back to those McEnroe days. But let's hope that a few of the big tournaments uh, outside of the majors, you know, some of these uh, players can actually play some doubles. So Jordan Thompson on the show tonight, first serve at 8 p.m. What else is on the show tonight? And his dad, Steve, as well, who's out on court. He, he's a long-time tennis coach out of Sydney. Uh, had the pleasure of meeting him at the US Open a few years ago, and uh, he's been a big part of his son's journey. He took him to a certain level, and then he handed him over, and uh, he's going to have a chat to us on the show uh, tonight. A lot of Aussie winners across the weekend. I mean, Storm Hunter going beautifully in, in doubles, uh, along with her improved singles career. Uh, we're going to have a, a parents' corner uh, tonight with Simon Alami, who's the parent of an up-and-coming player. It's a tough role being a parent of an aspiring tennis player and Candy Reid uh, well known tennis commentator for those that listen to tennis every week uh, she's in Acapulco she'll join us as well but yeah all the focus tonight on uh, Jay Thompson job well done and when are you off where are you going you going to Paris as well we're losing Jared Waitley to Paris are you going to Paris uh, no, not quite, Dwayne. No, oh. I'll be here for that. But off to the San Diego uh, WTA 500 this week um, and then off to Indian Wells for a couple of weeks. So we'll bring the, the show live from next week for the next three like we did last year. And, yeah, it is absolute tennis paradise for a reason, Dwayne. Sounds good. Uh, enjoy the trip. We'll talk soon. Great to have you on. We're here tonight. Thanks, Dwayne. Brett Phillips, host of the first serve, 8 p.m. tonight on SEN. Thanks to... Arnold Thomas and Becker talk to a lawyer and start your no win no fee claim today. Injured, Arnold Thomas and Becker one three hundred triple three three double zero. Still a bit we haven't got to yet, including Australia's dominance in New Zealand. The tests coming up in New Zealand as well, which is pretty exciting. And uh, looking forward to what well, Jared's headed over there as well to broadcast the first test. So looking forward to hearing SEN's commentary of the first test. And Mitch Cleary is going to join us after the break as well, Seven News Chief Football Reporter, to give us the latest news, including, well, maybe a result in uh, what Michael Christian has decided for Sam Powell Pepper. Last ball of the game. Chapman swings, misses. So too does Wade. And the ball goes down to the boundary for four runs. Australia defending it. Duckworth Lewis. Stern target of 126 off 10 overs, reducing New Zealand to 98 for the loss of three. Of Our bowlers were unbelievable today, the way they came out and executed. It's as clinical a bowling performance as I've seen in, in an Australian outfit. So uh, everyone knows the World Cup's coming up and um, we wanted to have a look at some depth in our squad. Um, we we're lucky enough to do that with Spencer today and Matty Short. Um, yeah, we've got a really deep batting lineup, and out, you know, we've got some nice bowlers as well. So to see Nathan Ellis come in every time he gets an opportunity, he, he does a good job for us as well. So, yeah, it's just about having a look at some guys when we look forward to picking that um, 15 for the World Cup and... Um, it's nice to see some depth. Good performance by the Aussies in a reduced match. Aussies celebrating their T20 series win for Tobin Brothers Funerals. 
Visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. A family-owned business since 1934, Tobin Brothers Funerals. And you can, can catch every ball of the New Zealand v Australia Test Series live across the SEN network and the SEN app from this Thursday. A couple of texts that have come through. Uh, well, some old texts from earlier on. I should have got to by now, but haven't. Uh, helmets compulsory, question mark. Didn't help Brayshaw or the bloke from Sydney getting concussion. And that's the other thing about making helmets compulsory. The, ra- the brain still rattles in the skull whether you are wearing a hard helmet or a soft helmet or no helmet. Uh, Brian Cook is now the difference at Carlton. That came through earlier. Probably should have got to that as well. Dwayne with Tassie, exactly. You're right. Politics and money. Two parties having a peeing contest to serve their own interests, not their people's. Uh, thank you for that. There was a lot of that coming through from people on the Tasmania Stadium story. Uh, Dwayne Collingwood, West Coast was better than 2012. Hawks and Swans, both better grand finals than last year. Thank you, Simon. Uh, hi, Dwayne. Hope you had a good weekend. Every second Monday, builders have the day off. That's why the roads are quiet. So I might have to plan every second Monday to be on the roads because, boy, it was in a nice drive today. Uh, high pipe. Ben King has signed for two years in anticipation that he gets to play with Dusty next year. Dusty will play his 300th game with the Tigers this season and head to the Suns to reunite with Dimmer. KD and Geelong, thank you for that. And hi, Dwayne. Maybe the roads are quiet because people are vented out pink this weekend. Taylor the previous weekend, people taking unscheduled long weekends to rejuvenate for the footy season. Vic from Marupna, which kind of starts tomorrow night, the footy season with Collingwood and Richmond being played tomorrow night. Oh, and one here on the hyped recruits. Nick Dacos was talked about every time Josh Dacos touched the ball in his first couple of seasons. He was training with Collingwood when he was 16 or 17. He was talked about for years and delivered. Only recruit to rival Dacos was LeBron James. Thanks for that, Marcus. And Matty Rendell did tip us off to how good Nick Dacos was well ahead of time as well. Um, and season to start the first Saturday of Feb on the last Saturday in September. And then in November, December and January, they should play a summer season. There you go. Somebody wants footy all year round, not just starting this weekend. Keep your calls coming. Keep your texts coming. And Mitch Cleary to join us straight after the break on Dwayne's World. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been a big couple of hours. Been great to have your company for Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Uh, Quite a few still coming through on. Best grand final of the AFL era now. We're 35 years old. Might be biased, but the 2005 will forever be the greatest I've witnessed 732 years in the making, the whole final series with the narrow loss to the Eagles in the qualifier, the Nick Davis heroics in the semi v Geelong, and then the epic grand final with the most iconic grand final moment and commentary call ever with Leo Barry, you star. I've got goosebumps just thinking about it now, mate. Then Roosie's, here it is. Cheers, pipe, Tommy from Lonnie. Make a good case, Tommy from Lonnie. Thanks for your contribution on the text, Mitch Cleary has been good enough to join us, Seven News Chief Reporter. You can check out what happened at Captain's Day Live tonight from 6pm on Channel 7 with Peter Mitchell and Mitch. It's Mitch and Mitch tonight. Welcome to you, Mitch. Great to have you on. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for having me on board. It was nice to have a chat to a few of the captains on this show. You had a chat to almost all of them. Uh, any news, news to come from it? Yeah, interesting uh, takeaways from a lot of them, uh, from all the way from the MCG service from Taylor Swift to the seriousness of concussion, a few injury hiccups along the way. So 
Um, I'll, I'll start and work through a few. I, I think uh, Sam Walsh, there's a positive spin, I guess, coming from the Blues around Sam Walsh and his likelihood uh, to be their opening round. But I need to see it with my own eyes um, and see him put together a full session before I, uh, you know, I'm buying in, I'm buying in on that one. Um, Zach Williams, though, is heading in the right direction. I'm not sure if he's going to be there in 11 days' time for that game against Brisbane, but he is heading in the right direction after his ACL. Um, and you've got Toby Nan Curvis, the Richmond captain on his own sort of battle. He's got the foot that he's dealing with at the moment, uh, Big Nank. So uh, a couple of races against time, as, as you would call them, uh, Dwayne. And then you've got the concussion situation, the MCG. I did actually... Um, my ears pricked up when, when Patrick Cripps was asked about the, the surface of the MCG, and he sort of made mention that last year, if you can remember back to the the Ed Sheeran uh, concert mm. where um, the MCG was ripped up in parts and there was one part of the ground was sort of dry. The other part of the ground was slippery. He may mention that he'd like to see the, uh, the MCG and the MCC come to a resolution where, you know, it's, it's all, it's all a one, you know, um, rather than having different parts of the ground and different surfaces. So that's um, something I'm sure will be a talking point between now and um, the traditional season opener between Richmond and Carlton. I tried to get a little chat with Maxie, but he's one of the ones I missed. But you got him. Had a chat to the Melbourne captain, including a little bit about Angus Grayshaw's retirement. Yeah, so this time last week, he was uh, fronting the cameras around Joel Smith and um, everything that came with the Melbourne culture. But today, he was pretty forthright around sort of the importance of of how, you know, Melbourne's missed a fix at Angus Brayshaw and and sort of what the loss he, he will mean for them. He was sort of open in that, you know, some of these halfbacks like Salem and Rivers will have to go through the midfield at times. But um, as a close friend, he, he said he and Gus over the weekend shared a bottle of Grange together. It's uh, mm. pretty handy that they're uh, going mm. to the top of the shelf. Um, but they're very close friends, premiership teammates. Um, and Max said he's devastated for, for a very close friend of his. Um, you know, Darcy Moore shared similar sentiments. Now, he was asked a couple of times, Darcy Moore, around um, how Braden Maynard had, had taken the news and I guess how he's absorbed all of it and he did his best to sort of deflect. He did say that uh, Braden Maynard, you know, came out clearly very strongly in the last year and, and showed his remorse. But um, yeah, no real buy-in from Darcy Moore around, the, I guess, the, the events of the last week and, and how Braden Maynard's taken all that in. Has Max got a wine bar, Max Gorn? He did at one point. Yeah. Um, I think this one may have come from right. the Melbourne sponsor, right. the other bottle of range. So being looked after, Big Max, he's always uh, he's good at taking the, the, the heat out of a lot of situations, um, Big Max gone. But um, I, I, I think, and, and he was alluding to this as well, he's going to be a massive loss on field for them, uh, Angus Brayshaw, given his versatility. Um, the other question he was asked to is around Clayton Oliver. He said it's so day-to-day that he can't even um, you know, give an answer on whether he'll be there in 10 days' time for that game against mm-hmm. Sydney. Personally, Dwayne, my view is that had Angus Brayshaw been there round one or the opening part of the season, I think that may have bought them more time for Clayton Oliver. But I think now this fast tracks a decision around Clayton Oliver. Um, they need quality to start the season. And if it was a 50-50 call going into that first game, the fact that Angus Brayshaw isn't there, I reckon that might help uh, make Melbourne's decision for them when it comes to picking Clayton Oliver early in the season. So he'll need at least, what, 80% of game time uh, Wednesday night against Carlton? Yeah. Yeah, and, and he said he's expected to play three or four quarters. So mm. um, it's sort of all on track for, for Clayton Oliver um, heading in the right direction. But, you know, as Max said, we've got to hold our breath because it's so day-to-day. Um, we can't sort of, 
you know, put the, um, you know, go too early on it because um, we, we don't want um, Clayton sort of getting ahead of himself. And, and for him, it's more about Clayton having the best year rather than, I guess, the best month to start the season. Luke Beveridge, no one's heard much from Luke. Uh, Marcus Bondapelli was there to do the dogs talking today. Yeah, he was. Um, he claims there's no sort of breakdown in sort of communication mm. or tension between the, the senior ups at the at the Bulldogs. Clearly, there's you know a level of tension at the end of last year when Rowan Smith is moved out. Luke Beveridge wanted to keep his long-time assistant. And then you've got Chris Grant, the head of footy, and um, those in the executive saying well, it's time for a, for a freshen up. So that's naturally going to cause some tension. Uh, Marcus Bontempelli is pretty bullish on the season and what's ahead. He was very glowing of, of Riley Sanders. And, um, you know, you can see why he's definitely in the conversation uh, for the rising star. And, and Bont even sort of quipped that, you know, I hope they tag Riley to start the season because it might mean that I get off the leash. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, I reckon that Riley Sanders might need a few runs on the board before he's being tagged ahead of the Bont yeah. um, before anything like that happens. Yeah, Riley looked okay. I was there the other day at the Witten Oval. He looked okay, but he looks a little... I shouldn't say Doug Hawkins like. I love the fact that he wears his socks up. Mm. It is good. Paddy Dangerfield's another one. He had mm. the socks up today. Uh, I mean, I know you know very well. Um, it's, it's almost like he's probably not as explosive as Jason Horn Francis, mm. but that same sort of strut and the way he sort of works around stoppage gives me vibes like Jason Horn Francis. Mm. I look at Riley Sanders as well and think it's almost like a, a mini Rory Sloan. He might be a mm. bit quicker and maybe a little bit more polished than Rory Sloan, but I'm getting those vibes, sort of the broad... Sort of shoulders. He's sort of uh, he's he's built already. Riley Sanders. I'm, I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah, I think you might be spot on there. So Sam Powell Pepper, Michael Christian, we were thinking might have handed this down by now, but it looks like it's going to drag on until uh, later on this afternoon. Yeah, it looks like it'll be in that sort of five thirty, six thirty window, like they usually do. Usually, as you know, we get them twenty four hours after each game, but because of the the scratch match nature of the weekend, I think we're going to more, learn more the all-in-one hit, um, dating back to later today. I'm in the camp probably of four weeks. I know that's, uh, you know, not, not anything outlandish, but Sam Pepper approaches that contest with vigour. Um, yes, the player was flung into him, um, Mark Kane from uh, the Adelaide Footy Club, but I think he could have had, you know, he could have prevented that situation, Sam Pepper. So mm. uh, even hearing him speak this morning in Adelaide when he arrived, he, he said, I'm a tough, hard player, but I got this one wrong. I think he's preparing for some time on the sidelines to start the power season. And anything else that came from the captain's day today? It's always a fun day. It is. Organised chaos, Dwayne. You've <laughs> got about 70 or 80 media in one spot trying to speak to 18 captains. Um, just trying to think of something else that came up. Actually, I saw Jai Simkin had the... Uh, he had a little cast on his finger. Mm. Um, he's, he picked up a bit of an injury last week, so he's going to wear a glove to start the season. But... Um, he assures us that he's A-OK and, and has been given the tick off to start the year. So just a little hiccup for, for the North Melbourne skipper. And uh, give us your overreaction from what you've seen in the pre-season so far, Mitch, before you go. What have you what have you liked? What didn't you like? Bottom four for Essen and Dwayne. Um, put, put, a, put a line through them. No, nah, it is early. <laughs> but um, the fact that St Kilda's halfbacks with, you know, Nazai Wangani Miller are, um, you know, these sort of guys running the ball off, you know, the, the back line, they'll get Jack Sinclair back. The, the fact that Essendon weren't able to contain that was a concern for me, given their back, you know, their defensive side of their game has been a concern for a long, long time. Liam Henry, I'll put him in the conversation for a recruit of the year. Um, and staying on that game, 
Jesus, Max King can string it all together. Mm. He was dobbing from 55 on snaps. I know there was a breeze there, but um, yeah, there's a lot to like at the Saints if they can, can get it all together. Um, and if they've got a bit of speed around the ball with Matthias Filippo and, and Liam Henry, I like the look of that midfield when it's not just the likes of Steele, Ross and Crouch rolling through there. Yeah, you've highlighted something that's a bit of a worry for me, and that is what if Essendon gets smashed by Geelong at GMHBA Stadium this week? Um, it's a game, I think, Friday night. You don't want to read too much in the pre-season comp, but uh, what Nathan Buckley said today about Essendon not finishing the season well last year, I think Andrew from Nidri rang up this morning, and uh, I think his question was, is Essendon any, ever going to be any good? And then they've got the Cats at GMHBA, so... We'll keep a watch on that. We'll keep a watch on the news as well tonight. Mitch, uh, we know you've got a bit coming, so I look forward to talking to you soon, and we'll see Seven News tonight. Thanks for the plug, Dwayne. I'll speak to you soon. Mitch Cleary, live tonight, 6 p.m. Channel 7 with Peter Mitchell. Back to wrap it all up after the break here with Dwayne's World. Plus, every Tottenham game live, right here on your home of sport, SEN. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been great to have your company today for Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Great to have Athena on board. Back for Midday Madness tomorrow, of course, and we take your calls for the first two hours and read a heap of your texts out on the 40 Winks Temper Text. A few that have come through that I haven't got to on the 40 Winks Temper text, and you can check out the entire Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R range. The Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here, a mattress like no other, at your local 40 Winks. Uh, Dwayne, people always talk about Riley Sanders' socks up, but they forget he also wears the black boots, real old-school footballer. J-Dog, uh, yeah, it was fun to see that kind of old-school look on him at the Witten Oval, I've got to say. Best grand final was the 2010 draw. Uh, Dwayne West Coast v Collingwood. Dom Sheet from the boundary has to be up there for the best ever. Go Eagles. Thanks to all of those people who've sent texts through today. I want to hear as well. Footy all year round. Bad enough that the AFL renders cricket grounds unavailable for cricket at the length it is. Want AFL all year round. Build your own grounds. Brett and Bacchus Marsh. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying when it comes to local grounds, Brett. But uh, let's just have a think about who pays for these grounds um, footy pays more of the bill than cricket at the Gabba and the Adelaide Oval and Optus and the MCG. It'd be stuff without footy at the cricket grounds. Um, but uh, we can argue about that another time. And uh, Dwayne, I'm definitely biased, but I can't go past Melbourne in 21 best grand final. Flying start, 19 points down, seven minutes left in the third, and then they win by 64 points. It was unbelievable and a great seesawing game. Alan in Canberra, thanks for your contribution as well. Alan, had a few texts come through about St Kilda, what I thought about St Kilda. Well, Nathan Buckley was pretty impressed with what he saw. Here's a little bit of Bucks from this morning on SEN. Are they going to have potentially the best rebounding group from the half from the halfback line in the competition this year? I reckon there's an argument there that Ross and the St Kilda group have established a, a a level of pl- like a player that is going to rebound really hard off turnover. So whether that's through the middle of the field or through half back, and I just you just can't help a lot of things. I don't get carried away with practice matches. Speed is something that you can't fake, and it's something that will always be there. And when you see that, and yes, you either get given the space to use it or you don't. But when St Kilda 
come together, and I, you have to imagine that a Ross Lyon coach side is going to be even more slick after 12 months of his coaching because I rate, we rate him as a coach. I think their connection of his teams, he's always got the best out of his groups, mm. and I think he's got more weapons in this St Kilda squad already than potentially he's had in, in any of his teams. So, I, And I just, in particular, want to, I'm looking forward to see how hard they go off the back, how they use this speed, and how difficult they are to stop on turnover, which is an aggressive attacking question about a Ross Lyon coach side, which we probably haven't seen that often. A little bit of bucks from SEN Breakfast this morning. Time to celebrate some lives. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals. Visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, won his first world heavyweight title on this day 60 years ago when he defeated Sonny Liston after six rounds, Feb 26, 1964. And happy birthday to AFL player Sam DeConing, Max Michelani and Bailey Banfield. Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Again, Midday Matters back tomorrow. So this show will be driven again tomorrow from midday by Werribee Kia. The team will look after you at Werribee Kia, just like family. You can visit Werribee Kia and find that incredible EV9. It's now available. You can book your test drive today. Plus, there's a swag of brand new 2024 Kias on offer as well at tremendous drive-away prices, including the 2024 new Picanto from 19990, 2024 Sorrento from $53,990. Gazy's just walked in. I'm not done yet, Gazy. Talk to the team about finance office, top dollar trade-ins, and over 300 late model used cars in stock. I hope you got Andy's coffee. Where are you, See the team at Old Geelong Road, Hoppers Crossing, and be sure to check out the EV9 for a test drive. Where are you, LMCT114. I'll catch you tomorrow for Midday Madness. And Gazy's in the house. And he's probably not far away.